Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Chloe Williams, uh, whose lemon bars are ass. What is your favorite? Side note, real fast. My original plan was to introduce you by calling you and asking your favorite movie. And I thought that was a little. That might have messed up the recording. Okay. That would have been like, you know, that's it's Scream. We're doing a Scream Four. Can we? Can I come up with anything more original? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, what's your favorite scary movie? I was literally, I was literally about to ask that. Okay, okay. Well, our minds were. It's a pattern. That's that's good. That's good. Um, Wow. Um, My default answer is Rosemary's Baby, but Mm. I feel like that is that is that. you know it's is, a is film that, twitter answer is that co- is that kosher i don't know it's no i like, know it's is fine that, is it uh, yeah, okay i for me it's like either i don't want to say the thing because i feel like that's too easy because that's like my favorite that's movie. a very film twitter answer um <laughs> but my i think it's probably um the exorcist i think that's that's my that's my favorite scary movie that was like very impressionable for me when I watched it. Does the geography have anything to do with it? That's a good point. I mean, maybe. Uh, Just uh, throwing that out there. Yeah, Georgetown, Washington D.C., the greatest place on the planet. So that might be it. But okay. you know, we got we got politicians and we got Satan. Those are the two things we have <clears> in good old D.C. Uh, satanic mm. demons and Max von Sydow and uh, good old working american politicians that we all love and enjoy wait when you said greatest place on earth i'm just writing down a note to cut that out uh, oh, that's, yeah, that's what fine. I'll, well, I'll be doing right. um mm, nice yeah J- jamie what's your favorite movie scary movie um you can't hate me for saying scream but i'm gonna say scream because uh, um, i am a bit a, of a fanatic hence why i chose transition. this mm. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Um, was it always your I favorite scary that. movie? Like, when you started watching horror movies, was that, like, always, has that always been your number one? And Yeah, like, I'm sentimental about it because it was one of the first. Because I think it's a very accessible scary movie. Absolutely. And I it's show so, it, yeah. I've shown it to people, like, so many people for the first time. Um, and I just also enjoy you know, that experience, other people watching it. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll always say it for that reason. I'm sure there's others that like have scared me more or like, you know, yeah, but easy phone and answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said like, the, d- I said d- the exorcist, like, come right. on, like, we're, we're all, like, we're, we're like, saying, like we're this not, is not, you know, we're, we're not breaking not, the, uh, no like one's saying, underrated. no one's saying some Jalo film or whatever. Like right. we're, we're, right. it's okay. There's I'll, no silent, you know, horror like early horror but it's but i like that we have all different uh decades represented that's it's nice different eras but um yeah because that first one it's there's really nothing that first one does wrong i mean it just like has has its eyes set on a clear tonal and genre target and hits everything with its with like west being such like a great actors director and that script is so funny while being like all these movies being contemporary set allows itself to comment on its time without 
I mean, to me, comments on its time without feeling dated. Ah. Um, but I will say the one thing it does wrong is Courtney Cox's highlights. That's that's the one thing. I um. like them. <laughs> there, it's it was ninety six. We didn't know what was what was in. What I was mean, out. it's not as horrific as three. Um, mm, with yeah. oh, don't know who okayed that. I one. I'm almost there. I got no. You're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Hers I was feeling were like atrocious. her. Yeah, I was feeling like her a little don't worry bit, about but that. I think yeah. I think no. they're okay. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, Sydney. Those are Sydney Prescott bangs, not Gail Weathers. <laughs> True. Like, ba- mm-hmm. like mere, barely touching her forehead bangs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. Real how do you time. even straighten those bangs? Like, know. I feel like that would be a nightmare. Isn't it so yeah, funny before... that? Oh, well, okay. One more. I know we're all gonna we're gonna talk about Scream the entire episode, so I don't know why I'm saying this now. But I just want to point just since I have it in my head, it's so funny how there's so many people that have like, if you ask what's your favorite scary movie, Scream. Obviously, that's ironic because that's where that fucking catchphrase comes from. But and when I asked you, Jamie, like, was that your, like, number one? Has that been your number one for a while? Is because that's common. I mean, especially for kids our age. I mean, kids. Jesus Christ, we're 23. Um, but for people our age, that is a common answer because, I mean, we're just, we're right out, like, we're right out of the, ni- like, 90s. I mean, of course, we were not alive in um, 96 when it came out. But it is that, but when, by the time we grew up, it was already a foundational horror film. So it's like, okay, here's a list of horror films you have to see to kind of get ingratiated in the genre. Like this one's in the canon by the time we are discovering horror. But it's in the canon in a completely different way than pretty much any other horror movie. Besides like maybe something like Cabin in the Woods. And that's nowhere near the quality. It's the idea of it's a horror movie about horror movies. And that being your first, like, that was the first one that connected with you, which a lot of people have. It's so fascinating to think about how the meta one is the first one you got into when it's referencing things you haven't seen yet. Or yeah. not. It's bizarre. I love it. It's bizarre. I get that, too, because, you know, we'll get into it later. But Well, that's I... why it's a perfect movie, because yeah, of that. Yeah, it's yeah. able to yes. work on that level. You you understand the um, the tropes and cliches that are being pointed out, even if you haven't seen what is being talked about, because they really do act like this is so common knowledge uh, to people who aren't as um, as you know educated in horror as as the uh, the characters are in the first one. Yeah, because that was totally me like i had no idea about like the things that were being referenced i didn't know who wes craven was but i knew scream and i knew that scream taught me these things i didn't come into it with scream and right. knowing that it was so preferential all that much but uh before we get too deep into our backstory with the franchise i would love to know what we've been watching what we've been watching recently let's catch up uh, over and on that end, who would love? Who would like to start? NBA playoffs, obviously. Well, I mean, okay. it just started NBA play-in, uh, but no, that's not my serious answer. Um, my serious answer, I mean, obviously, and I don't know if we want to talk about this, like Succession. I mean, tremendous television. Um, my mom just watched the latest episode last night, and 
I was just kind of walking around the house, and I just, like, I saw her watching it, and I just sat down with her, and I'm just like, yeah, all right, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, seen it before. Um, it's incredible. Um, after, so, we're, we'll talk about probably, this. Probably, uh, it'll probably be up there with, like, college and Ozymandias and... Well, it's already, so... Know, smoke gets I mean, in your eyes, like... No, yeah, so. one of the greatest things, like, yeah. in uh, International yeah. Assassin. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's already, and IMDb is a garbage website. I mean, not garbage, sorry. It's the people who rate things on IMDb, it's like red flag, red flag, red flag. Um, because of just how it can be review bombed so easily and how conserv- you know, conservative toxic fanboys have you know been drawn to it. All that said, it just came out that this the last episode of Succession is the second ever to have a perfect episode rating which is the first one is ozymandias the breaking bad episode but yeah the connor's wedding is like the only other television episode in history to have a perfect 10 out of 10 on on imdb now obviously that doesn't really mean anything but it's interesting um but yeah um so that but also since i watched the screams uh i saw scream three four and Five, and then I saw the sixth one in theaters um, two days ago. Yeah, I just so I've I've been I wanted to finish out the I saw the first. We'll we'll talk about it. Uh, but the three movies I did see that are completely unrelated to all of these conversations are Barbarian. I finally caught up with it. I wanted to watch something modern horror after watching the screams. Um, really solid, well directed. Justin Long is fucking great in it. I mean, he's a yeah. piece of fucking shit, but he's it's. Really no, well done. No, I don't think so. No, you don't think so. I That's think not your did, take. I think, you think he's I the think, hero I think of the he story. Did something, he did some things right. Um, right I agree with God. everything he said, and um, I think that's the hero. Right. No, but it is an interesting subversion of Skarsgård and you know uh, Justin. Right, like, I was. Like, they're, I mean, you're flipped. Right. Yeah. I was so sure he was like secretly doing something. I mean, he had. He's mm-hmm. fucking Pennywise. And also, you know, it's another bullet in my clip of thinking that Bill is coming for the Skarsgård crown. Crown. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to beat Stellan, but he's coming for his brother. He's going to, he's going to, at some point, he's going to become the superior Skarsgård. We're all just going to have to accept it. I mean, speak of succession, like Pete is, like he can do anything. But I get, I, I, that's a, that's a bold, that's a take that does have like, no, Some it's a bad take, job, but right. I'm still like I'm still gonna push it. I'm you know yeah. I'm I'm Sisyphus. I'm gonna push it up the fucking hill. Uh, I would like to see you like stand behind that take when Bill has like several stinkers in a row, and you're just like guys, guys. I mean, he can have bad them. movies. He can still be great in them. Like whatever you want to say about those fucking it movies, he's like insanely like effective. Very effective, yeah. And, it, and yes, it's a yeah. physical performance that not like that. I don't think many actors could actually do. My opinion. Yeah. Um, Resurrection, the Rebecca Hall movie. Uh, did not. I thought that was straight up horror. Didn't realize it was actually like kind of like psychological thriller. Like a thriller. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Roth is insanely upsetting in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, and he had, and he's given dialogue that is laughable. Like if you were, if you if you like read it on paper, you would be chuckling because like this is fucking bananas. This makes, you know. But um, it's. It's great. It's funny because it's like I have a friend who looks a lot like Tim Roth, which is a weird statement. He's not my friend is not Tim Roth to be uh, to be clear because 
I don't know if many people are like, yeah, you look like Tim Roth. Um, but he does. And so it was just very odd watching this time, watching this one, um, because it's like, I just ca- couldn't stop thinking of my friend. It was weird. Um, and um, now, sick. if we could do a, a joint, um, uh, you know, discussion here of sick, because I've also seen it. Seen it. Did you just see um, it? A few days. I think we saw it around the same time. That's so I funny. To, I mean, it's I Kevin Williamson, with, and it's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I want to catch up with new releases too, but um, really good, effective, really good. effective, um, well made. I the the leads were really good, um, those two, and it's it's really like yeah yeah of the Williamson nature like uses its setting very well that you do think like there's no getting out of this like all exits lead to a dead end, and, and the killer is like like do you think it, at one point is just not a human like it's just like an entity of evil it's just so indestructible at some points right it's like it disappears um yeah yeah it has a lot to do it has a lot of similarities to scream the script is nowhere near as strong as the other williamson like the one two and four of scream like it's sick it's fine it's okay it's fine it's it's all right um himes does a terrific job this is my third himes movie john himes who is like a vod god um his universal soldier movies with um Lundgren and um, Van Damme are great, uh, especially Resurrections. Um, but yeah, uh, Himes is really solid work, 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 incredibly solid work here. Um, and I really appreciate the actress. I forget her name. It's Gideon, I think, or yeah, Gideon Alden, that's... who was in Blockers playing the nerdy girl. So that's a right, that's very fun. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that's like, su- it's super short. It's solid. Um, don't expect anything mind blowing like any of the screen movies, but mm-hmm. so solid. Yeah. yeah. And I've personally, like I've hated like any media that's come out that like lives in a COVID universe. Absolutely. <laughs> I very much. You didn't like, like lockdown or what was, what was the Stephen Knight edge of four one? Never mind. Keep going. The only one that I before this that I kind of liked. Lockdown? Okay, okay, all right, all right, I got it. Right. I was confused. No, the only one I kind of liked was Kimmy. Um, oh yes, yeah. great movie. I yeah. thought that it used it, but other than that, like I, I, I really can't stand it. Like especially when TV shows like went into that um, realm, but like a slasher was really perfect for absolutely. This. Mm. And it used it in a way, like, it, it really cha- cha- channeled what, um, you know, this lingering fear that everyone has now. And I think yeah. that was really effective. Um, Especially at the very beginning of it. Like, yeah. When there was so much unknown and how that much ambiguity uh, could drive those that are already unstable to the point of, of, of like, unhinged um suspicions and and uh jane adams who i think is just excellent in anything it's really holds that convincing like i i don't know what to do other than what we're doing right now like sort of yeah because this can be something really tricky because you know 
COVID is still like it's not re- it's not a thing of the past. No, you know we're still living in a world with it where things are really unpredictable about how they affect like our futures, <laughs> and so that's a really like tricky line, um, yeah, to use in media. But I think it for like a slasher, it works, and yeah, I I liked it. Yeah, the, with think with slashers for me, it's all about direction. Um, I can for sure forgive a subpar script. You kind of have yeah. to with a lot of slashers. Um, and that's not, I'm not trying to say that, oh, horror, like, you know, like, slashers are dumb or whatever. Slashers are beautiful. I love slashers. But you have to, they have to, a lot of times they have to operate within a certain medium. Um, just like most genre film. Um, but if the direction isn't there, it's almost, you're almost, it's almost never going to work out. Because that's how you build tension and that's how you're going to uh, make an effective, uh, engaging slasher. It's not it's not going to be the character work not really i mean you the character work is great but you have to have the first thing that's going to pull you in has to be the direction and that's what's going to in the character work can usually make you like keep keep it uh, keep uh stay engaged but you need you just need it and himes does great work with space and um it's just really it doesn't cut too much doesn't want it doesn't do one of those things where it tries to cut the moment you see a figure it kind of lingers a little bit, makes it more, have more dread. Um, yeah. Especially with that sequence when the boyfriend is being hunted. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or the, yeah, the crush. Yeah. Just the um, movement of it, the dude, like, in the house. Just, like, how he's, like, almost, like, he's human because he's making human movements, but the way he is so agile and silent, it's almost like a demon. Mm, yeah. A lot of good physicality in that movie from all the actors. Yes. Um, great pain acting. That's a thing I... Yeah. Um, that always gets a, me. That's yes. Al- those, yeah. It's always those moments that, like, scare me the most. Yeah. It, Someone's reaction to violence, either self-violence or violence done to others, is just always going to be effective if done well and we'll talk about um, it with the screen movies yeah. but like right the, those kind of the performances that stand out to me just off the top of my head when i'm like that are more recent when it comes to like pain acting are two people like one is from a screen movie and one is from someone who was in a screen movie so samara weaving and ready or not um absolutely amazing pain acting uh and i brought this up on twitter once uh I th- you know and it was over like and it got like a decent amount of like views or whatever because it was weird because i'm just like this is the tweet okay um but it was like how that the one the just how much she could communicate the severity of pain and what in the, the exact type of pain is it sharp is it you know like um bludgeoning is it is it you know consistent is it like jet like is it like it you know a, a long period of time is it just that one ounce, that one sharp little, you know, moment of um, instant of pain? Um, but yeah, especially in the scene when she's um, like in the ditch or whatever. We'll cover that movie at some point. I really like it. I know others are a little more lukewarm on it. Um, and Jenna Ortega in the in five, um, when she's in that wheelchair in the hospital scene of Scream Five, um, I think that's incredible work. 
um, when it comes to her trying to get out of that wheelchair. It's super good. What what do we think about spoilers for six? Ooh, because that six is like two months old, or it's gonna be two months old when this comes out. What are you thinking about referencing? Just like just like skip thirty seconds, I guess. Okay. Like I guess that's fair. It's like really new. I guess yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. Um, Jasmine Savoy Brown, I think, is also playing Payne excellently. Um, in the subway scene in six. Come on, is, guys, are you with me? Is that oh, is yeah. that um, Yellow Jackets? Yes. It's yes. Yellow okay. Jackets. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't know her name but, off the top. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's no. great. Um, it's fantastic. I, I I just couldn't think of the character's name, but it's um. It, it, yeah like that so, slow stab I, I, that, oh. that scene that scene is easily the best of the movie for me it's one of the best and, sequences in the tra- in the franchise in the franchise yeah i was gonna say with with but, jenna ortega there's definitely a little silly moment though in six where she does actually get stabbed when she falls off i i know right ledge, and she doesn't really react and there's nothing bizarre <laughs> there's no proof um, of that afterwards yeah, six has a lot of those moments where you're like, you got stabbed five times. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, but to be honest though, it's like you look at the other screams, like especially Scream Four, where fucking um, uh, Sydney gets stabbed. Like I don't know, was it three times, mm-hmm. two times in like the gut? Makes, yeah, just two. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but like looked like death blows, and she's mm-hmm. fine. It's and that's those. And there's still op- it, it, it can be meta, but it has to still operate in the same uh, the same medium in a lot of ways. Like it still has mm-hmm. it's still you can be subversive, but at the end of the day, you're almost beholden to the rules. And that and but that's also intentional. Um, and that's the interesting thing about talking about screen movies. It's like it's a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat where you're like, well it's that's cliche but the point of it is being cliche but it's actually kind of subversive you know it's just all this like mental gymnastics it's very interesting yeah definitely um there's definitely like there's definitely like a lot of you know kind of magical moments within scream of course but i definitely always hope that there's kind of consistent like i don't know i don't want to be taken out of it you know i don't want to Mm you know have that feeling and um i i felt that heavily with like towards the end of six um more so than i have with really anything else that's happened in the franchise i completely understand i i I had those moments as well for sure um yeah it's interesting i'm i'm really interested in what they're gonna do with seven even if they're if like they're like because it's the most successful one by far yeah six is yeah um in the sense of box office so i'm hoping i i personally liked the two radio silence movies i know people again i know people have differing opinions on it um i i do definitely different want different directors though because i like i really like the idea of rotating horror filmmakers into the franchise and have their take on horror movies what's you know what's your and I and I hope they get different writers too. Like if you're not gonna have Craven, obviously he's no longer with us. And if you're not gonna have Williamson, just keep doing this. Just do, almost like an anthology. Just keep rotating the the creative. See what the, I want. Like fresh takes. If we're gonna keep this thing alive, which is do you want debatable. the core four still there or sure? I don't care. Do you mean like liter? Okay, literally. I didn't know if you meant no. Uh, yeah, because I could I could see reality if you exchange the 
creative team like exchange the uh yeah the actors but um i like that idea i like the idea of giving more people the chance to have their own take on screen if we're going to keep this thing up and running which is what some people find debatable which i I can understand yeah and i think another thing you know something that was also really special about one um and i'd argue about four is that craven was really like ahead of the time and some themes and you know things that he was tackling four in especially in my opinion yeah and we'll again i want to get into that um but with like five and six and you know however more that they're gonna do especially since these are like being turned out so quickly like it doesn't have that you know no they're almost dated immediately that's that's the issue is that if you five years from now when we watch them it's gonna very much feel like 20 uh 2020 or 2021 when did five Mm -hmm. come out 2021 yeah and then or no 2022 and then now then six is six uh, is gonna 23 23 it's they're almost instantly dated um i i would argue six less so um Mm -hmm. because i think there has some really interesting things there with and people i've talked to that have pointed this out to me of like uh you know the how the 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 assassination of character and the idea of assigning blame and manipulating the public into blaming a woman um is i i that's think that's always going to be a thing and it has been a thing Mm -hmm. for a while but especially five with the last jedi kind of i mean obviously it's not that's the first thing you're going to think of when you the the toxic fandom um but that's Mm -hmm. for sure going to be a dated thing yeah and there's also like not really a lot to even discuss after you know less than a year of these two movies coming out too yeah in terms of no there's not a ton of meat on the bone right yeah yeah, I, and it's also the first time since the first two that they've done the back-to-back right? Because, like, they jumped a few years ahead from two to three, and then obviously, like, several years from three to four, um, which is interesting. Yeah. I still, I still like them a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're actually kind of... I think they're pretty effective, and I also... I don't know, I think Six has some ideas that I find pretty fascinating, um, I mean, not like, yeah, me too. not like, you know, doesn't break the mold, but they, but it's just, but in compare, it's the issue is when you compare it to four and one specifically, it's like, uh, it's just not in the same league. Not really. Yeah. Anyhow, real fast before we dive into, um, <clears throat> uh, the film, I want, I want to just, I just want to sing about Rye Lane, which was tremendous. Um, I feel like this one just kind of came out of nowhere and everyone is really smitten with this movie. Uh, it's just this romantic comedy about these two people who are reeling from, um, breakups in their lives and found each other. Is it Hulu? Hulu. Yes. Searchlight on Hulu. Um, and it's just about how much they seen each other, how much they see each other through themselves, the, the things that they don't like about each other they choose to accept near the end really funny um for a debut it has this really interesting sense of language such visual language i meant 
um, that it depicts London through this like really interesting art scene. Um, yeah, really. Is it contemporary? Um, is it contemporary time? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Contemporary time. Um, for those who have seen um, uh, Industry, um, Gus from Industry plays the lead, and he has this. He's not one of like the sharky financial executives, but more someone who has like one foot on the inside, one foot on the outside, like is connected to that world and has this face where you think he's like always going to crack a smile, like just this very, like a personality that is like very likable and like perfect in this romantic comedy, uh, zone and the other lead is vivian oprah who is quite good as well like where did this come from i don't know but yeah um, it was weird i just i I saw it suddenly pop up on like everyone was watching on letterboxd and i'm just like oh okay this interesting it might have been sundance but maybe not one of the noisier titles there and uh it's it's great yeah jamie what have you seen recently um Mostly TV, to be honest. Um, mm. Succession, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Yellow Jackets. Connors, Connors Yellow Connors. Jackets. Oh, <laughs> what do you think of Yellow Jackets? Um, I think it's a little slow so far this season. I, other can, than I can see that for sure. The end yeah. of two, of course. Right. It's really getting into the lore. You know, more of the, I really uh, want that. I really want yeah. more of that. It's taking a minute to get there, but I'm along for the ride no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we were we were just we were just talking about Elijah Wood the other day. We were yeah. texting back and forth. Continue. I because someone asked me. I was in a conversation with someone. They're like, I I said I I told them Elijah Wood was in the show, and they're like, oh, what is he doing in there? And I'm just like, what you think he's doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not loving it so far, but like That's I'm fair. giving them a lot of mm-hmm. grace. Yeah. <laughs> Doubling I'm down interested. on Mitzi is a is a is a, is a yeah. it's a risk. It's yeah, a lot. It's, yeah, it's it's for the it's for the faint of heart. But I I would say that I agree that I think I was more taken by the first three episodes in season one. Absolutely, because that that's operating on such a but, great momentum. But yeah, yeah. I, it's. Yeah. Yeah, they got to start kind of ramp- ramping it up, to be honest. I mean, I still, I'm still in, but... Eh. I'm still in, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mainly such a disappointment with, like, the, the uh, premiere of season two, which was literally just a recap of things that we already know. Right. So, yeah, they're, they're testing us, but like I said. Um, and then I also uh, watched Beef, which I really enjoyed. I can't get over that fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> beef it is a little not it is it's so funny and also like the ta- the log line is like wait what now but then i do we do need to see the show I, I, yeah yeah i love the like the posters for this show a lot yeah <laughs> like the one where it's like they're both giving each other the finger and like it's, it's so good it's it's ali and steven yeah it's, that's really cool um 10 yeah, for episodes for me i I, I caught up with um, Abbott Elementary. That's like... Okay. So, it's just... I mean, season two, the, season two has been going on for what it feels like the entire year. But if Quinta is writing these episodes as good as they are, it's like... 
keep it coming. Let's just don't end ha- the second season. Is Taraji guest guest starring in the most recent? Yeah, she season? plays Quinta Brunson's. Mom. I'm hearing do, do you... Emmy talks. I haven't seen it. Yeah, you know who played Quinta Brunson's sister? Do you know? No. A- Ao Debris. Oh. Who, I mean, amazing. She is. We she, love her. She is. Yeah. Wow, she's crushing, blowing the crushing. fuck up, crushing. Yeah, how cool! Wow. Um, she's Ayo, come on she's just gonna get bigger once Bottoms yes. has a release. Oh, I'm sure. Because yeah. she's, she's gonna be in fucking. Uh, speaking of Steven Yoon, they're gonna. I think both be in fucking. What? Uh, oh my god, I'm a nerd and I forgot. Yeah, Thunderbolts, the fucking Marvel movie. But it's like, yeah, she's just like exploding. Um, you could be making that up. No, I know. It's going to star Florence Pugh. Um, and it's going to be for the same guy who... It's going to be directed by the same guy who did Beef. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of campy, dark, and I really like some of the th- themes it gets into about, like, depression. And so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff in it. And it's a pretty wild 10 episodes that gets really unexpected so do you feel the length i i didn't i didn't really know and that's Mm. because it it really changes around and so so in a way it's almost like you're surprised at where we're at once you're towards the end that's good thinking about like where we were in the beginning so i was i I was so sure uh, yeah, I, I was so sure it was a movie until it literally came out. I was like, oh, that's a movie that's coming out. <laughs> and it was like 10-episode right. miniseries, and I'm like, fuck. Um, I don't think Steven's done TV since Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. No. That, that, that would make sense for him um, to like, yeah, I get that. I still, um, I, I, need, but... I, I need to stop being such a fucking hard at. I just, 10-episode miniseries is like my, my kryptonite. Um, so I gotta, but I gotta watch it. I hear it's great, so. Mm-hmm. That's where people are watching their content. What can I tell you? You know, it's like they don't want to go to the movies. You know, give them the miniseries. But um, yeah, before we, you know, well, let's just learn a little bit about Jamie first. Um, we'd love to know with all of our guests, how did you fall in love with film? Um, you know, just general idea of the movies that made you love movies. Um, it was really my father. Um in a good way in a bad way um my my dad didn't do much with me and my sister like i don't know he was a bit of a lazy dad (laughs) so um when he had us and i mean for good reason he worked a lot he was a firefighter and many hours and doing a lot of you know a lot of heavy stuff but Mm. either way when he hung out with me and my sister it was going to the movies or like watching a dvd and um so that's kind of how I fell in love with movies, because that's how I was introduced. And it started with like a lot of Disney, of course, when I was younger, but really formed into exploring all areas of film. And specifically, as I got older, I really, really enjoy horror and uh, that genre. So, yeah. What was his genre? What was he trying to push on you? Um, well animation because he was also like his passion and was a animation and drawing he was really good at that he had his own artist table at home and um he was as good as you know any disney yeah sketcher 
Um, so that's why he really enjoyed animation. So a lot of that. So what what was the what was the what was the straw that made you finally go like okay let's check out horror what's going on here i don't know and i really want to kind of hone in on this like idea of i have of people the pipeline of like disney to horror because <laughs> i feel like mm. there's a lot of us and then there has to be like some reasons but um i don't know i just like was always big into halloween not the series, uh, like the holiday. Oh, oh like the holiday? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I loved Halloween. I loved costumes and just anything spooky inspired. So um, anything that came on during October, like Halloween Town or... I, I was Pocus. just going to say that. Like, what's the, yeah. what, what is the... Yeah. Um, mer- Pocus the, Pocus. Yeah. Like yeah. Halloween like Town children's for sure. Halloween entertainment. Right. I just absolutely adored and so, yeah, little by little, I would see, like, scarier things, like, you know, Coraline maybe was, like, a, right. another mm. thing. And, yeah, it just kind of led up to, yeah, watching all of horror. Were you a Burton head? I feel like that also, that can be a good, like, mm. transition. Like, that's the yeah. midpoint right. in the pipeline is, like... Gothic. And also Henry, of... Henry Selleck would right. come to mind for me, where it's, like, you know, you get, like, it is... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, like, that's big for us, I guess. Because, like, that one... I missed that one somehow. Yeah, yeah. And, like... Like, that one just... Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of anxiety. And so, once I got a taste of that feeling that you have being scared during, like, a horror movie, and it's, like, self-afflicted anxiety, but, like, in a good way, where... I don't worry about any like real life problems or like anxieties I have. Like it's channeling it in like a safe environment when I watch a horror movie. So yeah, I just ended up really loving that kind of catharsis that horror gives me. So that would be why. That's Mm. awesome. Do you remember what your first real, like real, real horror movie was? I don't. It really kind of- Do you want to continue the narrative that Scream? I also just like I really don't remember to be honest because once I like dove in I really just like I don't know I have a lot of favorites and Scream's just an easy thing to say because I definitely enjoy that. That was the most impressionable, I'm guessing. Yeah, and it's also that like cozy feeling the series gives me too. Yeah. So it's not even nostalgia because I never watched it when I was really young. I, I. watched it when i was more of a teenager or whatever right it just feels really cozy to me yeah it's like fall in uh woodboro it's like everyone's in sweaters and yeah and it's it's like it's like that autumn feeling where is woodboro california okay i know that's where a lot of it's filmed but maybe Mm. it's based there too is there a way I could find this out? Um, um, I interrupted you, though. Were you going to yeah, say something? Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, like, kind of, like, with the, like, ghost face feels very, like, magical, too. And maybe that's another reason. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cozy series I suppose it, it does kind of, like, share that 
that like Scooby Doo feeling. Cozy, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like perfect. Sort of. Yeah. Were you yeah, a Scooby Doo person? Yes. I was. Very much. I was yeah. a big mm-hmm. Scooby Doo person when I was younger. Even like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the newer stuff I got into, and the, the like <laughs> newer animated stuff. It was weird. Um, but yeah, no, that's for sure a perfect, like, that's a midpoint. Yeah. Spooky, I was huge. Disney, yeah, animation. Yeah. yeah. Huge yeah. into Scooby-Doo. Um, I watched all of them. We had a tradition on Sundays where I had one, or my family had one of the Scooby-Doo waffle makers um, and, like, toasters. So we would make Scooby food and watch at least one or two movies every Sunday. That's so, so cute. That's so cool. Yeah, because I can see, especially three, that three for me feels like the one that's at the point of the most like Scooby Doo. Right, the mansion, it, like murder the mystery, mask. Right, right, right. right. Um, I mean, of course, Williamson is absent for that one, um, but still holds strong of that who done it feeling like anyone could be the killer and it's not always michael myers it's not always freddy like like i think that's the obviously that's the key to the franchise that it's really just this murder mystery but also um commenting on its genre and that's why i think it's like still going strong like this could really be applied to any year in any any horror of uh, any era of horror um but let's like okay but then take us back now like do you remember a moment that Scream did enter your life that you you remember being like, where did this movie come from? What the like, fuck? Like, as a franchise. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, like, once I was interested in the genre, like, I just wanted to watch, of course, all of the most famous ones, all the tr- right. franchises, and then I went into the more, you know, like, uh, yeah, just one-off movies and stuff. But... Yeah, I mean, Screams would probably be my favorite horror franchise, if I'm being honest. And I think another big reason is that the main characters are just so strong for me, um, Dewey, Gale, and Sydney. And I love how their relationship with each other kind of changes throughout the movie and um, the movies. And um, so, yeah, I think that's another reason. Did yeah, you- and especially how Sydney and Gale are so opposed to each other and then mm. like they become to get they become to be closer as the franchise goes on and then you know of course in the reboots uh melissa Barrera and uh jenna ortega are then like the sydney mold when it's just like they have nothing to do with gail and then it's just like by circumstances they're just forced to bond so yeah and like with six like even with you know those the three the golden trio i guess like not being in that movie i really enjoyed it because the new characters and the core four itself like are just as strong of a feeling that i have towards like the golden trio yeah and by then it earns your trust with the core four and by five to me it felt like having the the trio it was like a, it was like a hard juggling act because like how can you balance that time spent with the trio and then the core four it just felt like a lot but then i think in six they knew how to piece I, that together i also think Bar- um is it barrera um is Barrera. That, yeah i think she that's, that's what i'm 
I think she improved as a performer in six. Five. Yes. It's rough. Real rough, rough at moments. I think at the end of five, she's actually really good. Um, but it's the. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like. Like some of the exchanges it's, with Sydney, it's just like real. Like you're trying to like walk in mud, just like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. this. It's tough to if for her to share so many scenes with Jenna Ortega, who's just naturally watchable and right and gifted but yeah her um, she's effortless it's a tough ask. that's that's that that was the issue in five is ortega was effortless and barrera seemed to be trying a little too hard um but in six yeah. once she once i think she's just improved as an actor but also i think um the character work was more precise like the her her like written as a character was more precise and it, and it would stop doing that heavy lifting of like oh my god she's bill you know she's billy's daughter like oh my like it's more of like it was more lived in at that point um Mm -hmm. i think that's that's why like that movie acting wise is uh improved for me significantly definitely um but for myself real fast i'll say i wish i could remember a better memory of the franchise like sticking with like being introduced to it because like jamie i i didn't like grow up with them but i but like they've just always been like a part of my life like i've always known about them i think they were on uh like they were on cable a lot when we had cable um and uh i i remember (laughs) this is you know, weird to think about. I think I had a babysitter <laughs> around the time when four came out. Of course, like we know how it. Yeah, you were the eleven. Babysitter had right. We we yeah we the babysitter had on screen four. Oh no! When shit. like when we, you know we were around the house and what an awful idea! What like, the fuck was were they thinking? It was. Uh, I don't know. I just have this core. Teenagers are so seen, stupid. Like, a twenty eleven era rory culkin and (laughs) emma roberts like i remember the haircuts yeah it's weird but um i don't and and when five was coming out i rewatched or watched three and two because i didn't remember entirely what those were all about um also four i I rewatched four when that was when five was coming out um and five is like easily my least favorite but then six is better and uh yeah i it's definitely it's like i always like to complete franchises but i would and like this one was probably one of the earliest horror franchises i saw all the way through and because of that i would definitely agree that this is up there for me as like because because I, I think we were talking clay and i were talking the other day like it's hard for me to rank these because i think they're all to a degree like fine to good I think as and long as they're all, everyone... They're all really watchable. Yeah, I think as long as everyone, you know, understands that, like, one is the best, <laughs> I could really kind of, like, whatever else you think about the rest of them is, like, fine with me. You know what I mean? So, the person I... So, I mentioned earlier that when I saw Six, I talked to someone about, like, the you know, some of the themes of Six and some of the interesting things that they pointed out. That person was former guest of the podcast, Jason Sneed, um, good old Jay. Um, he 
believes four is the best scream movie um and i was really fascinated to hear him talk about it and and to make his case is jay bring him in right now yeah um he he made like and it's funny because i'm like it's hard for me to disagree with him because i i think i almost i think i've said uh i think i texted jack after i saw it i'm like could this like it could this be as good as the first one more at 11 um like I don't, I, I, I'm, you know, it's been a week since I've seen it, since this was, this was uh, scheduled uh, for a different time, but, you know, I, I had to reschedule. Um, but, so it's still, I've had a lot of time to digest. Um, yeah, four is, it's definitely not as, it's probably it's not as second. good as one. Yeah, it's probably not as good as one, but, um, but the issue, and I'll get into my, connect my, my relationship with the Scream franchise, the issue with that is I have not seen one since 2016. Um, The very first time I saw it. Uh, And it's funny, I watched one and two pretty close together. And then I took a seven-year break and then watched all of the rest of them basically back-to-back. Three, four, five, and then I saw six at a matinee. Um... And it's really interesting because I had to do, because I thought like when I was watch, when I watched, when I, I thought I just knew one and two, like the back of my head, like, okay, one, it's, his, it's her boyfriend, it's Stu Mocker and, you know, blah, 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 they're psychopaths, they kill a whole bunch of teenagers and two, and they, you know, love horror movies too. It's, you know, Billy's mom and Timothy Oliphant, I forget what he did. And it's about sequels and, you know, and then, uh, Randy dies, um, and then I just thought, okay, that's all I need to know. And then, then when you're watching three, you're like, fuck, I forget all of this shit. Because um, there's like, you know, a lot of stuff to do with Sydney's mom and all these things. I had to Google a ton of shit. And then, and then you know, I kind of got back into the rhythm of it. But yeah, it was a very interesting process. I, and I don't know why I didn't just decide to just watch one and two again. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it. Rewatching movies can be a little hard to motivate yourself to do because it's like, well, I've already seen them. Um, but it has been nearly a decade. Um, so it's, but yeah, I mean, I still understand the effect of Scream 1. I've still seen clips of like how, like uh, how effective it is. I still remember that direction. Um, and yeah, it's, since it's like one of the very few uh, horror franchises I've actually completed, um, it's probably my favorite. Um, I think the, I think the Friday the 13th are fun, um, but there's some, there's some real bad ones. Um, Freddy is, it's again, it's hit and miss. Um, one is spectacular. Uh, I don't really like the sequels as much as other people. I haven't seen New Nightmare, so that's obviously a hit, you know, a, you know, a stain against me. Um, I've only seen the first Halloween and the first Gordon Green. Um, I've seen basically all of the saws besides the Chris Rock one. Um, and those movies are like bad, but they're kind of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Uh, Friday. Yeah. Friday the 13th. I haven't finished. Uh, I think I stopped at right before they do like a carry. Like there is like Freddy versus like, like like Carrie, the not when I mean Carrie, like the Brian De Palma movie, 
um like this like telekinesis child i think is the plot and was made for like five bucks um so yeah and i haven't seen any of the um and what we're going to talk about in scream 4 is the um reboots i haven't besides the gordon green one i have not really seen any of the reboots i have not seen the jackie earl haley um uh, oh you know what no i lied i saw the first zombie halloween which i didn't like that much i thought it was fine uh i hear the sequel like the director's cut of the sequel is actually decent um or and some people some people love that movie uh i have it saved on my computer i haven't seen it yet um i like zombie for the most part lords of salem rules um everything else is yeah that's fine but yeah, that's, I mean, to, I know that was a long monologue, but yeah, it's interesting that I've never just really been able to finish a franchise. What's your favorite scary movie? Here is my Woodsboro Massacre anniversary question. What is your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? One generation's tragedy is the next one's joke. What is your favorite scary movie, man? I'll show you. This week marks the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro murders. Local celebrity victim, Sydney Prescott, chose to return to her hometown. Welcome home, Sydney. Watch the preview of coming events. What do you want? Who is this? He's trying to do Ghostface. I'm standing. patterning his murders after the original movie. It's time for someone new to die. The unexpected is the new cliche, and virgins can die now. Does that mean that I'm not gonna live as long as these two? Clearly. To be the new version, the killer should be filming the murders. Dale! Dale behind you! Go ahead if you have the guts. Not to implicate him. You can't kill Sydney. she's victim royalty. Not true, Sid's expendable. Point taken. Guaranteed third act main cast bloodbath. Fingers crossed on some nudity for a change. Time for your last question. Name the remake of the groundbreaking... Or Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Dawn of the Dead, The Hills Have Heights, Amityville Horror, Black Christmas, House of Wax, Pop Night, Black Bloody Valentine. It's one of those, right? None of the above. I'll be right back. I know this one. You're not supposed to say that, are you? <laughs> You should have seen the look on your face. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think inherently, like, horror franchises just, like, have a burnout mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, like, what's what's next? But then with this one, it just, it can sort of shape itself um, to any cast and location like we see. And uh, with Williamson as such a sharp eye, um... You know what's something else that I forgot to mention also before we get into the film proper? Um, I, I think Randy was, like, my favorite, move, like, character ever. 
cause, or like I was infatuated um, with Skiora because like I or Jamie Kennedy, excuse me, or because like I had never seen a movie character love movies. I think that was like the first time, and I was like, "Whoa, you can do that!" <laughs> um, What's so funny is like, like, yeah, yeah, when he's like, "Turn around, Jamie," and like Ghostface is right behind him. Like that's so cool. Yeah, and when or he Lori, Lori, I meant. Um, dies in two, I you can automatically feel like everyone kind of regretted that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right. Because yes. three, they bring him back in the video. And mm-hmm. I, I swear, I can just feel this presence that they're all like, why did we kill off Jamie Kennedy? Well, Williamson has been on, <laughs> on record for saying, I fucked that one up. He should have been a legacy character. Um, mm. He, he could have uh, gone further. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it sucks, though, that Jamie Kennedy sucks now. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's uh, bad. Bad. Yes. bad. I mean, not like, no, I, I don't know. We don't need to get into it. Uh, I, I didn't want to. Oh yeah, Final Destination. I am. I can't believe I missed maybe my favorite horror franchise. Um, that that Final Destination's rule. I have completed those. I will always complete those. That I love the Final Destinations. Um, I mean, it's funny I say that, but I don't know if I love a single one of them. I like three a heck of a lot, but like, I love the just the spirit of it. Even if I don't necessarily love an individual movie of it, I just, you know, it's one of those things, I love it as a collection. Um, cause I, and I love what it does. I love the formula. Um, but yeah, so that, just to remind myself that I forgot about um, those. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then the, like, Evil Deads, I've seen some, I've seen the first three, and then I haven't seen the reboot or whatever. All right, no more, no more me talking about what fucking horror movies I've seen. Um... <laughs> So this, so, Jamie, when was the first time you saw Scream Four? And was it like, did you like when you first saw the first Scream? Did you just binge all of them? Or I did. What was, yeah, yeah. What, you didn't. Mm-hmm. So it was probably within the same like week. <laughs> and what was your gut reaction watching the first four in general, and what made four stand out out of this uh, in comparison to two and three? Yeah. So my standing is that four is my second favorite out of mm-hmm. all of them. Um, probably because, you know, it, it spends a lot of time kind of mimicking the first one and kind of giving tribute to a lot from the first one. Also, you know, a lot of the same crew came on into this one. Like, there were some shifts mm-hmm. within two and three, or three, I think, specifically the one before this, but everyone really came back for this fourth one. Um, and I really enjoy the ghost face in this one, I think are interesting. I, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, mm. I heard three was kind of a bummer because it wasn't Williamson and I, and I knew four was one of those contentious ones that like some people like love it and some people think it's just another lesser sequel. Um, and so I watched three and I'm like, this is kind of boring. Um, I, I don't really like three that much. I don't think it has a ton of ideas. And I think the set pieces are kind of, eh. Uh, I just think it was just like a low, low, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I didn't buy the whole brother thing. I, I didn't like how it was trying to retroactively connect to all the, the one and two. I, I just, 
uh, I don't know. Yeah, was... that might be another reason, because, you know, for, like, there's no talk of, like, Marine Prescott in this one, you know? Right. Like, this is the one where we're kind of getting away from um, Sydney's trauma and mm-hmm. and all that, and um, just, yeah, a really original, kind of ahead of its time um, motivation for these ghost faces. And I think this movie does a really good job at um, conveying the horror landscape at this time. Absolutely. Too. Like, so, of course, like you were saying, um, it talks about reboots and, and like remakes and um, also torture porn's a big thing commented on this one with Saw mm-hmm. becoming really big around this time. Found footage also with Charlie's yeah. headset and like, yeah, it's like... But yeah that it's it feels really fresh in that way like with its commentary it feels it doesn't feel like stricken to to its time especially with the opening which maybe the i mean maybe the opening is one of my favorites in the franchise like it it feels like oh they're i don't know i don't know and i could feel some people being like annoyed by it or whatever i just i think it's clever it's... i'm i'm iffy about the opening mainly because I think my favorite one out of all three of the openings is probably the first one. And then they kind of get less right. interesting after that. I yeah. see that. But the first one is kind of like your slam dunk. But that's... that's... Brings the texting into, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a perfect kind mm-hmm. of like we're in yeah. new age. It's ages. a nice detail too when, um, oh, I forget who. It's like one of the the, the stab characters. She's like... Oh yeah, well you're getting catfished, but they don't say catfished; they say punked. Yeah, because catfishing hadn't been like a thing yet. Or it's like, oh, that's but interesting. Did you? But and that's the thing about screen movies is when I like when we I when I we hear I hear people talk about them or hear myself talk about them. It was really interesting what you guys just said. The first one is the best one, and then as they continue on, they get less interesting. The screen movies. I don't know. Like, mm. it's obviously, I don't necessarily believe that because I think four is great. But it is that idea of when you're thinking about what is what is the text, what is the subtext, and what is just completely on its own. And so the idea of it being derivative at the beginning, and it being like this like rehash that is constantly giving the audience blue balls, or just more of like the, this is the first one was the best one. Why are you doing this again? You see, that's the thing. You just hear people say shit like that, and you and you get in this kind of conspiratorial mindset of what, like, it's the weirdest. It's, I, I have the weirdest time thinking about these movies because it's always one of those things where it's like everything's a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah, and yeah. you're trying to parse together. It's like, well, that if that wasn't like, even if that was intentional, did I like? That? But then again, it is this idea of like uh, uh, Jamie Kennedy's Randy. Or um, Rory Culkin's Charlie, uh, or even like Jasmine Savoy Brown's Mindy. Oh, that's the that's the name. Like they are gonna be the ones who are like the script. They're they are gonna be talking about the screen movies the same way that we are right now. Yeah. But they're talking about the stab movies. Yes. Is this what you're? This is the way you're trying to say. Well, also, that, that it's like yeah, it's it's that, and it's also like. Well, the issue with five is that dialogue gets really fucking annoying. I was about um, to say, yeah. like, meta, the meta can get really exhausting. 
Right. And specifically, you kind of hear it in dialogue, depending if it's for the better or for worse. Well, when you overplay it and it becomes the text of every single scene, that's the issue. And that's what Five suffer from suffers from, is mm-hmm. that it literally you can't have a character moment without it being meta. Um, but the issue, but with, with um, Four, it's just this constant juggling act and this constant reflection of like it's one of the best sequels i've ever seen that actively looks at the the franchise as a whole and is like what the fuck is going on like it's like the perfect encapsulation of where the franchise has been so far in a way even though it all is mostly based on the first one um because of the setting characters um that kind of thing but is this constant like refraction and reframing and reflection of all the movies that came before and what it's trying to also say in the context of the horror of horror film at that time i Um, never feel watching for that it's too beholden to the rest even though like you said like there's so many visual similarities and like you know commentary and all that but i still feel like it's like but there's a tweet i don't know that's yeah. the thing. They tweak mm. it. It's there's those moment, those subtle, just like, yes, but different. It's the. It's also the weird part about this movie, that, it. I. You know. It, it starts to get a little exhausting, I guess. But it's also very clever. No, I love it. In how, there is this um, visual language that Jamie brings up. Peter Deming shoots this magnificently to give this, a whole different look that's completely different from the the other three. And, uh, like, sort of, like, hazy, this, like, smoky, uh, like, faded look that's really cool. The actors are more shiny. Um, the, the actors are more shiny. Like, it's almost like a dream yes. quality. Um, and, yeah, and we see, um, like, there's a lot of talk of re- uh, reboots. Uh, you, you can't remake the original, but yet, like, like Jamie says, like, this is, like it's a remake of the original. Like, that's why it's so good. It's like, it is sort of like placing these, these figures back and like sort of reorganizing the characters to make it fit. Like how, it how, what made it work was the first one. And they're just, in a way they're doing it again. I don't love the filter on the movie. Interesting. I think it looks really weird. Most of the time, specifically when there's like lights, like on cars or like lamps right. or like flashlights like i hate how that looks but it's a very brightly lit it's yeah everyone looks so glossy like shiny like you said and um but when when some people bring up like that maybe they went with this aesthetic because it matches that's the movies that they're commenting on like i that's do the issue. like that that's the issue is that there's these things that you're like, that's bad, but... Is as a meta, is it like a text, subtext, it's... Uh, sorry, go yeah. on, I'm sorry. I know. it. No, 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 I see what you're saying, where it's like, how do you try to, like, outsmart the movie that thinks it already is so clever and what choices are, are intentional and which just lead you to dead end to think aren't unintentional? It's, it's weird, it's weird, but... I will say that I did see Wes Craven say that the choice was to differentiate 
this movie from the look of the other three. Yeah, I still don't love it though. <laughs> yeah, but... that's and that's the thing. It's like even if it's like about something, it's also it's like, well, this isn't really visually appealing. It also doesn't look good. <laughs> right. So, and that's like it's a movie. It kind of needs to look good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also a reason I love it is because it's so com- it, in a back lack of a better word or lack of a better phrase, it's committed to the bit. Yeah. Um I can respect that. Right, and for all the flaws it has, and it does have plenty, uh, it's not a perfect movie. Scream, the first Scream is, like, pretty perfect. This is not. pretty perfect. This is, like, a complete kind of a mess, but it's such a ambitious, committed, and sincere mess. And I don't mean sincere as in, oh, it's so earnest. It's that it's sincere and, like, we want to do this. Exactly. That's why I brought up... That's why I brought up, like, you know, it's a lot of the same crew. Because you kind of feel that. Like, when you hear that information, you're just like, oh, that makes so much sense. They're not afraid of themselves in the sense of, I think people sometimes, when they're making sequels, are just like... And and they've talked about this in all the screams. It's like, we don't want to repeat the original, um, but, we you know, we need to make it bigger, better, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, you don't want to repeat the original, completely understand, but you don't want to lose, like, but that doesn't mean you need to radically change yourself, and that doesn't mean you need to radically change your approach to the, fran- like, the story. Um, and what makes Scream, like, Scream? But... Absolutely. And I think mm-hmm. 3 is a little, I think that's, I mean, obviously it's not the same team but i think it's a little scared of like well we gotta be kind of different can't like you know it has to be this like weird you know it's just it has to be this commentary and like i don't know i that scream 3 is a different movie that i and i i know like that's a famously like rushed production as well and it feels and it feels like yeah yeah, um but four is so unabashedly itself i think that's what i'm trying to say is that it doesn't give a fuck and I, again, those are the things I appreciate about it. It's not trying to please anyone. It's trying to do its own thing in their own way, but build off all of the other ones. It's, 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 a, it's all of these. It's like a, it's this big fucking spider web that you're trying to untangle. It's just like there's so many threads and so many different strands that it, there's so much that goes into it. It's like its own ecosystem. It really is. Um, and I, yeah, because the fact that they wanted to make this as good as it was shows in its supporting cast. Mm. And to go back and hear Emma Roberts, Rory Culkin, Anthony Anderson, Adam Brody, uh, Hayden Panettiere, like all these people being like, I love this franchise. Like, this is what I grew up with. Or this like changed the way that I see horror and then to see them like like fill in like no matter what the size of the role like it feels like actually a part of um a part of the world like everyone fits um even Anthony Anderson who um spoofed Scream in the scary movie franchise and yet comes to here for isn't that funny uh, for an actual part isn't that funny um yeah but it's and I texted play today also Alison Brie like Right. At the time, like we didn't know just how big some of these people would get until we got further along in the decade. Uh, let me ask you about your family. I know you have a, a younger sister who's, is she quite a bit younger than you? Yeah, she's 10 years younger than me. She's here. She's, she's back there watching. Oh, she, from... She's backstage? Yeah. Uh, and is she interested in acting as well? 
She's on and off. She told me the other day she just wants she wants to know how she can make a thousand dollars. And <laughs> and I said, why do you need that? And she goes, well, do you think I could get that from doing a commercial? Or I have to do TV or what do you think? And uh, I still don't know why she needs a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's this disturbing part. Is I need a thousand dollars now. <laughs> when a ten-year-old says that, and don't answer the yes. phone, they're looking for me. <laughs> I need that money. She's probably backstage, like, this isn't funny, I want this. <laughs> Did you? She's probably going through your purse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I got 600, I'm 400 short. <laughs> Have you, um, now, did you want to do commercials when you were young? Did you do commercials or want to do them? I, I didn't do commercials, but I, when I was like six, I had this dream to be in a Pop-Tart commercial, because when I was younger, that was like the cool commercial where everyone was like dancing and eating Pop-Tarts and singing, and I thought that that was just the coolest thing ever. But my dream never came true, and they stopped doing those commercials, and it was really sad. <laughs> <laughs> a tragic childhood, a tragic uh, yeah. Tragic. <laughs> no, but you know, but it's funny, because you do, you, they create this world in commercials when you're yeah. a kid that you believe in, but you know the reality would be that the, the, you know, to make the Pop-Tart look good for the commercial, it's probably made of asbestos. <laughs> and they're whipping you like, smile, smile! That's not a sponsor, is it? Is Pop-Tart a, oh, it is, okay. <laughs> My guess is they're very kind to the people, the kids, when they make the ad. I'm sure it's fine, it's a good product. Um, what, oh, Scream 4. I have to ask you about Scream 4, very successful. People love the Scream franchise, and this last one people seem to really like. Yeah, they, so far they seem to really love it. They are, the, the secret of these seems to be, first of all, they're so secretive about who the killer might be yes. that they even take it to extremes. Wes Craven will not even let the cast know very much. He keeps secrets from them. And he also, I guess they're really strict about who gets a script, who doesn't get a script. Yes. How the script is distributed. It was, it was really uh, stressful this whole time because we shot last summer this whole month till the movie comes out because you have to keep the secret. Right. And even on set, they give you a script and your name is on every page of the script. So if you lose it, it's not only did the secret get out, but it's like, oh, and... Emma Roberts was the one that lost her script. And I remember going to set one day and I dropped it and the pages just went everywhere in this parking lot. And I'm literally running around the parking lot picking up the pages like, oh my God, did I lose any, did I lose any? And literally the last 10 pages were flo floating away and I was chasing them around the parking lot for 10 minutes trying to get them all. And just you're about to get them a helicopter <laughs> starts to land and <laughs> Yeah, I love the parallel where Alison Brie's character, you know, is kind of where Gail was in the first Scream. Mm. Yeah. Or like when she says, like, you're so 90s to me, like, that's a nice yeah. color. Um, and they also reflected that in the casting, too. Because, you know, uh, Courtney Cox is from Friends, of course, and um, Alison Brie was from Community in this time. So I really enjoy, I just love all these little parallels that aren't too, like, in your face. Speaking of the characters, I mean, these, all of these characters, yeah, yeah, I'll say this. Uh, this is like the best addition, uh, like the best way of, of new addition, like new characters in any of the sequels. Like, it's just like, they're all, it all feels so lived in. They all, I mean, sorry, they all feel so lived in and they all have so many different dynamics that are not distracting the issue of at like you, like you know basically add a whole another friend group, um, and you still have the original trio, and then you have uh, Dewey's deputy, and then you have the two bumbling cops. This is a lot of fucking characters, and then you have Allison Brie, yeah. and this is a lot of fucking characters. Um, 
but they all it all fits like a glove it's really kind of seamless i agree Um, and i can't say the same for five five feels so messy and overwhelming with just the amount of characters but i think we might kind of be equal with the amount of characters they're juggling with four. maybe even more in four yeah but yet four feels so much more effortless in um right yeah balancing everyone and everyone getting you know their moment to shine too they also just have better actors i mean um yeah i, I think i could say that um jill as a character and, I, and obviously we'll get into mm. her more as we go along but emma roberts i mean is incredible in this movie out, outstanding um, outstanding and yeah. hayden uh maybe maybe like performance of the movie i'd say hayden yeah personally i can't i can't trust my i had well no i was watching it i like i was I had a, a Kirby was definitely like a my a favorite character. That's what I'll say. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, um. Another thing that's so interesting about kind of watching this movie now, you know, obviously this was Wes Craven's last movie, and yes. there we have not mentioned. Yeah, and there was, you know, this was probably going to be another like trilogy. And yeah. so it's like also yeah. just kind of interesting to see like maybe where this trilogy, which will never happen, um, might have gone. Oh. So Sydney would have um, had memory problems. Oh, oh right, that's right. right. So and they kind of mentioned that she might never yeah, remember. They, yeah, yeah. That'd be fascinating. Why? Why did they consider not doing it? It was the lowest screen movie in terms of box office numbers. But how did they know that beforehand? I guess they could track it. Um, well, I think it was also Craven's death, you know? Like, who's going to fill in right after he dies, you know? Well, I thought Craven died in 2015. Okay. So, this came out in 20... 20- I-, I guess... Okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, that's interesting to me. Yeah, Jill is probably my favorite ghost face and i don't know if it's close um it's like jill billy stew and then everyone else can take a hike yeah that's i mean that's kind of easy right um but it's yeah no she's just makes that turn so seamlessly uh into like the innocence and then something you know like unrecognizable to to sydney and it's it's like a really a joy to watch like the entire monologue it's like you do kind of like understand like yeah like you know the but she's still the attention a is fucking psycho and that's yeah and that's what i don't like about three two i don't like his motivation it makes too much sense you know what i mean being like ripped for like being completely rejected from your mom and you know being uh be, you know being con- uh, conceived from like sexual assault uh just like there's a lot of like trauma going on there and it's one of those things obviously doesn't make perfect sense he's still like a fucking psychopath but it's more like emotionally charged in thought in four it's that she's just fucking crazy um i mean there's a lot of jealousy and that's how i feel like it stems with well no obviously but it's so it's such a crazy jump 
I guess that's the thing. I like the idea of just some slight transgression can lead you to murder, like, almost a dozen people or whatever. Or not a dozen, but eight, seven people. And it's like that crazy... That's also another reason why I love first one and that motivation, too, is that he kills a whole bunch of people because his, his dad had an affair. Like, the escalation of it makes it feel so much more uncomfortable and upsetting as like it's one of those things where it's like i can understand revenge i think we all can oh you killed my son oh um you know i I, my my mother rejected me um in a horribly you know inhumane way i really was just i just want fame that's i mean obviously that's an understand like we understand that as a society that inkling but to have that translate so effortlessly to murder and vicious violence and disloyalty of your friends and your mom like it's such a huge leap that's so upsetting but it also is makes sense do you guys see what i'm trying to say here like the pure psychopathy it's such a crazy it, it makes it feel more dangerous i guess it's like, instead of this being this very personal, personal attack in the sense of it, it, it just becomes, it amounts to jealousy and wanting fame. There's no grave transgression that happened. It was just, she was fucking nuts. It, there's no goal either. It's just Jill wants something and will go at great lengths to achieve the jealousy or overcome the jealousy. I mean, then it's like, then what? You know, then that's like, it's it, it brings to me the um, the moment of Stu and uh, Billy. Um, Bill. Oh my gosh, yeah, thing. And uh, uh, it brings to me like, like when when Stu is stabbed. It's like, oh, that's not where we rehearsed stabbing me. It's like that moment happens with Charlie too, where it's like that's like indicative of there relationship and it's like oh you don't you don't know where to like we can't figure this out to the point where we're inflicting violence on each other um and then of course that leads us to when jill is like damaging herself to make it look like you know staging the um the 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 you know what like the the murder and everything but yeah it's all well done yeah it's really smart um like this motive because as it's shown at you know the last few minutes she was completely correct you know she would have gotten exactly what she wanted if um you know it all worked out um and yeah that's very much like a reflection of our world too and like what absolutely the media and people do to victims and putting them (laughs) putting them um you know in a light that you know maybe they don't want to be in and expect victims and people to save everyone and you know be spokespeople like you know but like and that's really dark but um that's why she's faking to be a victim (laughs) because she knows that will make her famous well, yeah, and, the, and you get to true crime look nowadays and how it's just this money-making machine off of death and violence. Um, 
and and not to be blanket about the morality of true crime and that stuff that's a different discussion for a different day um but and like and we've had similar and we've had a very similar conversation uh when we covered nightcrawler um it is that exploitation of violence and that exploitation of uh, that, that, that industrial complex of violence um but uh, but to a but to add to a survivor extent to it um yeah it's just to me it's like nowadays like you just watch on tiktok and it's just like like just ran or, or there's like random things there's like there's this like minor transgression um like did you guys see that whole um i, I think i don't know if it was a tiktok or like a post about how this friend um came late to this person's birthday party and then the person who came late, uh, you know, like, like kind of felt excluded the whole time and then sends this long text to the person who had the birthday party about how we can't be friends anymore because for my mental health, like it's all this like, you know, bullshit, all this mental health terminology she learned from like Twitter or something. And the friend is like, what the fuck? And the idea of that it almost feels like that happened just so people could post it on social media. Those like, I have mm-hmm. to be the person who was wronged here. The buzzwords. Yes. Like, look, you know, the, you know, I felt excluded from someone else's birthday party and because I was late and I couldn't have a rational conversation with someone. So I, I, I can't do this anymore. And, and people will post that shit themselves without like the self-awareness. Just to get, and then everyone's just kind of like, yeah, you're right, you're so, oh my gosh, it's so horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I know this sounds like kids nowadays. Fucking Jesus, you know, tick, the TikTok teens or whatever. Um, and it is kind of, you know, old man screams at clouds, even though I'm 23. Um, but it is that constant need of screen cap screenshotting something and then showing it to this echo chamber and having this echo chamber just say yes you're in the right oh my gosh that was so horrible i can't believe they said that to you um Mm -hmm. and obviously there are times when i mean a lot of times it's like appropriate outrage obviously when like someone gets like a really like a fucked up dm from like a dating website or whatever obviously those things do happen and they happen quite often but it's but it's become it's bled into this cultivation of i had this shitty thing happen to me i must post it on social media in order to gain views and for people to feel sorry for me and that's going to feel great and this is the first one of the franchise i think that really deals with absolutely um like victimhood is desirable to that extent and dealing with the contemporary media in which jill is surrounded by and just being sydney prescott's cousin must be like yeah like a form of jealousy that can carry out like these these ideas in um someone who's mentally ill and and i a real tragic event that i thought of too on rewatch um was something that i you know it's really grim but you know the the murder um that happened in the mid 2000s if y'all heard of this um 
that these teens were inspired by the Scream movies and actually carried out like an act uh, similar to, to what we see in, in the original Scream. Um, y- y- you know, it, it's, it's, it's really dark, but it's like there were an actual event that was inspired. You know, and that takes it to a whole other meta level. Right. Of... Because that's what the franchise you know, is about. Teens. The stab movies inspire. Right. Yeah, it's it's right. hat on a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah. yeah, it touches on influencer culture when Absolutely. that wasn't really a thing then. Right. Um. It's just the you know it's so wild to me that you know that's like a career now for people, um, and people make as an influencer make like so much more money than like you know other people who just have like a job with a bachelor's degree or a master's degree and stuff you know and like the experiences they get to have and the life that they get to have just by being an influencer and promoting stuff and being on the internet and being desirable and stuff um and so yeah that's another part of like jill's plan here is because and yeah why this it was so ahead of its time when was Instagram first a thing? Instagram has had many different faces before it became what it is today, too. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Like, that's when it was launched. Yeah, this movie, it's almost like it would be kind of impossible to imagine it without Instagram, in a way. Um, that influence culture. Um, yeah, and the... F- how false it all like i feel for me personally i can't speak to others uh, when i fully realized the lunacy of influence culture when i fir- like when i like fully kind of came to terms of how damaging it is is during like and this is a radical change of topic but like during the george, george floyd protests and stuff and that the height of blm you see these Californian, you know, model white women posting up against some graffiti saying, you know, like, you know, posting, you know, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that for like likes on Instagram, like doing a selfie. Um, and it's, that was those, those were those moments where the, just the pure lack of self-awareness and the pure satirical nature of it is where I finally was like, holy shit we're so like we're out of our fucking depth here like we're so far gone um and black screens on instagram absolutely big issue right and it's like and then that you know that becomes part of celebrity too and that become and then it becomes this whole everyone's eating everyone else in the sense of influencers are becoming the new celebrities celebrities are becoming the new influencers absolutely the it's the line is blurring between like actor and influencer, which is so odd. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, celebrities are becoming podcasters. Right. Like, they could just take take a podcast. Like, look at our competition. Dax Shepard, man, we're coming. Nostalgia, for big issue yeah. in media too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is a cra- yeah, it is crazy how it all just connects so seamlessly. Um, and the thing about it's so interesting. The the thing I will give 
credit to three and how it plays a part in this one is that it really demonstrates how much of a horrible life Sydney has led since mm. Woodsboro. She's in self isolation doing you know to call it you know on a um, working for a women's crisis hotline, and she has a dog and she has all these locks and she's scared out of her mind, and she's just alone in that cabin. Um, obviously things probably different things happened since that since three ended because then she you know published a book or whatever but it's like this and seeing all like you know people close to sydney being mutilated gutted for three different incidences and jill's reaction or because well it's not jill's reaction was like seems pretty dope and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily an indictment on Jill. I mean, she is crazy, but it's an indictment on how the media portrays that and almost incentivizes that. In a way, it's like, I mean, make movies off of it. Like, look at uh, Slender Man, that fucking movie that came out about the real life, like, double, was it double suicide of these, like, teenage girls? Mm-hmm. And they made an actual movie of that. Look at the fucking r- random, like, the haunting of Sharon Tate. Like, this is real shit that's being exploited. And obviously, you know, tricky thing when it comes down to art. But when it comes to this, like, cheap, these cheap cash grabs that are obviously made in pure cynicism. Uh, and, you know, and, like, this height of Charlie Manson films about, like, oh, he was possessed by, possessed by the devil or whatever. Um, yeah, it is just this pure reflection that Scream 4 has on this shit and like you said Jamie ahead of its time mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the experience that I kind of um think of in term with this movie and specifically like Jill's um motivation here is um I used to be very heavily like in the youth activism space um, specifically working with like victims of gun violence, um, like young victims of gun mm-hmm. violence, and um, how they were all expo- exploited. Absolutely. Um, and just like watching that like pretty closely, and you know, like the beginning, they're just swept up into you know talk shows, meeting with celebrities, and like doing all these kind of influencer type stuff. Um, is so fucked up, <laughs> you know, um, because they really do um, make it seem to these victims that, you know, like, as y'all as the face of it is like, you know, gonna be, you know, it's really important and um, like inspirational for like older generations and stuff right. like that. So yeah, it's, it's interesting um, kind of living in that world and then also seeing Jill um, wanting when Sydney has when, you know, the aftermath um, or like in between what you see of victims online is, you know, like what Sydney has been with um, in three specifically when she's just crippled with fear and anxiety. Um, so, yeah, just an interesting comparison there. Mm-hmm. And with... And- yeah, where Sydney goes emotionally 
yeah, it plays onto something where it's like, where do you take someone that's been through all this, like, that's witnessed all this, like, bloodshed and this, like, like, is drained of any future? Because, like, being a self-help, um, uh... Author. Author, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, like, a a very smart pivot, because, like, where, like, other than putting her in harm's way again, it's, like, just, like, for someone to just, like, talk to about, um, these extreme circumstances, but, but then Sydney doesn't, but then she's, she's right, like, at, at the very end, like, it, it's, it's both clever, but then, um, but then true when she's, like, the you always mess up <laughs> like like the uh the ghost faces are never as smart as they think they are even if they're close to you know you know enacting their scheme it's just always like something happens and sydney's always going to be there to stop it even though this is like taking such a like a clear drain in uh neve campbell's performance yeah i think also um like in six with the core four and a lot of their discussions with each other um, about how their traumatic experiences and all of them being survivors um, has, you know, has this special bond with all of them. And I just really like when the Scream franchise goes in that direction because it it feels very relatable, (laughs) Um, especially in the new one with just like current times. but yeah, um, in four, it's like specifically like that just wasn't really a thing, like being an influencer and like becoming famous off of your traumas. And it also goes into, and then you add the filmmaking aspect to it. Jill is making her, the, her like she's making herself the star of her own movie. Um, and it also becomes this Charlie is trying to make snuff films. Mm-hmm. It sure is. And it's like his goal. I mean, it's one of those things where you can't tell if he wants to, if it's fame he's after or for like his art. Quotation marks. Um, Because he's, you know, because he even has less of a reason to be this fucking demented um, than Jill does. Like, there's no jealous, they fucking, he's just some random dude. He's not fucking a Prescott or whatever. Like, he's just Charlie the film nerd. But he's also so, like, it's it's real interesting that you get, they kind of almost have the, get their cake and eat it too. You have this really stark and impactful commentary on influencing and celebrity and the media and how it, um, how it basically turns out a profit on the death of others. I mean, speaking of ahead of its time, Gale is, like, one of the biggest, like, true crime novelists. That's how the fucking movie, the first one starts. Her prop, her being exploited, or her exploiting off the, mur- of the murder of Sydney's mom. Um, and then you get to, uh, then you get to four, and it's like, you have the one killer who's obsessed with fame, and overcoming the shadow over you know overcoming the shadow of someone in their family and then you have the artist 
the filmmaker, the fucking auteur, the fucking voyeuristic asshole um, mm. who is trying to become his own fucking, like, yeah, he's trying to make his perfect reboot, this remake. He's trying to add his own spin on it. He's modernizing it by making it found footage and making it, like, real. And it's this, it, it, it's interesting how Wes is able to, th- you know, thread both of those kind of different motivations in the same movie. Having that greater yeah. social commentary while also rooting it into modern horror. Um, especially, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, Jamie, torture porn, and Jack, like you mentioned, paranormal activity. Um, you have, yeah, this, this is a, it's all kind of coming together. Like, isn't it Kirby or Sydney who gets the phone call and Ghostface is like, I'm the director, don't fuck up your part or something? And it's like, that's just that's, I w- another right. layer. Yeah, like, that's another layer of. Uh, yeah, that ex- they want to get back to exploitation. Um, like, that, like, the real, yeah. like, real fucking gnarly shit of horror movies in a way. Um, I mean, obviously, this isn't sound this that made i mean saying that sounds like this this happens all the time in horror movies you go back far enough they were just killing each other um no that's not obviously true uh but that i but that more of like no there's no comp morals weren't compromised there were no morals really like they you know especially if you really get into that like real nitty-gritty shit that i don't personally watch but i've heard others watch um, it gets fucking nasty. Uh, and so that's, that's the stuff that is, that came to mind when watching it. And Charlie also, though, is in this, because he wants to be, like, the new Randy, you know? Yeah. But the one that yeah. gets the girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one that is smitten by his Billy. <laughs> because yeah because that because like that's i mean that's another layer right of course it's like the franchise that is you know in conversation with itself but in a way that is so rare for it honestly any franchise horror or not because uh charlie and jill are just inspired by um stew and billy but then this takes on a whole new meaning in the reboots i guess um yeah, like that's interesting as well because um, the first th- and like I mentioned earlier, like I think for me it takes on a m- new meaning um, uh, for Scream Four as it's taking place after the real life incident um, with those teens being inspired by the first Scream movie, and then it's just like it's sort of like going in this cycle of of teenage violence, but. I'm really fascinated by Brody and Anderson's part in this film because there's a lot going on when it comes to I love the approach of the characters I mean obviously this is a lot of Scream characters but the idea of where are the ancillary characters how the fuck do we operate in a horror movie we're obviously in a horror movie but we're we're definitely the first guys to get killed how does how do we navigate that because that's never really, 
I can't think of like because completely ancillary characters to the group, the core group that are discussing in this heavy detail of how they're living in a horror movie. I can't think of another time that happens. There, it feels like something out of Cabin in the Woods. Yes, which you bring up earlier. Yeah, like they know they're in a movie and they know like right. It's the Richard die, Richard Jenkins trying, Whitford kind of yeah, relationship. Yeah, right. They're trying to like suss out the packing order um which is interesting it's it's funny I too i don't know i don't it's really no they're both really good in their few scenes um A- adrian and, brody yeah underutilized adam brody adam adam brody <laughs> yeah two different you know two different yes. uh, you know what one, one has an oscar one is <laughs> um but yes um under underutilized though yeah yes ready or not he was also um, in that yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yes yeah 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 and uh and i think scream five has the cameo oh does he somewhere yeah he's credited but i don't know oh. right. um yeah. well, um one of my one of my favorite actors honestly. what do you what do you think's going on with that jamie am i just am i making some am i making like a mount mountain out of a molehill or or is like or Ant Hill, I should say. I don't know why Mole Hill. Um, but with that, with how Anderson and Brody are kind of, even though they're the comedic relief, they're still very much like operating within the movie. Yeah, I mean, they're very much like, I don't know, like cops in horror movies. Like, right. They're never good at their jobs. <laughs> kind of and they're thing. aware they're always... of that too. It's so interesting. Like they I think realize, it's just a like, play on that. Right, right. Yeah, and that's another thing with Craven. It's like I'm now I'm looking at everything and I'm just like, what's the meaning behind this? What's the subtext? What's the subtext? Um, Judy's an interesting right, oh, addition here. Yes, bring her up. Yes. Um, interesting performance. Marley really good. Really good. Um, yeah sort of reminds me of that um that character in these movies that are just like you're clearly too innocent to to mean anything but then you're just like but there's something wrong it's it's i mean it's kind of like um uh melissa barrera's boy toy and in, in sex we were like ah there's something with you right yeah they use her a lot as a red herring in this and specifically, I think of the scene where she's talking to Sydney um, in the house and saying, like, we went to school together, actually. Um, yeah. You know, Peter Pan in the play. Right. That scene is so funny because, like, they have her in the shadows and she's so scary. And then when you see her, she has kind of, like, crazy eyes when she's talking to Sydney. So maybe that's just, like, another way of showing just, like, this fascination that anyone who's been close to Sydney like has with her they're either obsessed with her or want to make money off of her or scared of her or they yeah oh it's that also that idea of uh, so there's such a big part of this film where they think of her as the incarnation of death like Jill's friends talk the about Grim how Reaper she, right she's a curse um like all bad comes back to Sydney. 
like should sort of like attracts tragedy and this franchise is so interesting in terms of how it's like how it thinks of how do i say this when you're looking at like the final girl but also you're trying to make her like this have this there's a lot of introspection to Sydney later in this in, in the series and how the world reacts to her. It's a lot about what are like cuz and I can't even think of a final girl that lasts this long in a franchise. What? You have I get besides Jamie Lee, I guess, but this is so continuous. Um and it's all like it's all connected in a thread and it's very much about Sydney until 6. Um how Wes or you know Craven is is very con- aware of the fact of how women are blamed for the things that happen to them by culture in general and by communities. Even if it's not self-inflicted, it's just it's their right and undoing. and I mean look at the first one. It's about how. Billy thinks that, oh, you know, a woman having an affair means that she deserves to die. That idea, I mean, it's slut-shaming, but also just, like, this complete, like, it's not that his dad has to die, it's that she has to die. She has to die for what she did. Um, And how, like, that also, and the daughter needs to pay for that. In three, it's like, well, you know, my sister needs to be ruined because you know all these things happened to her and she got all this fame and notoriety and uh and has been worshipped and like and two and and two is like you know it's not it's her fault that she had to kill billy not billy it's her fault that she defended herself and four, it's like it's her fault that so many of these people die around her just by existing. It's or that she's, she's so the problem. Popular and right. well known, but it's for traumatic reasons that she never wanted. Right, and how she's trying her hardest to not be a victim anymore, and how the media is forcing her to be a victim. She has no say in the matter. Uh, she, it, the media and society has robbed her of any autonomy. Um, yeah, I think because if you compare that to what Jamie, you know, Jamie Lee's role in the Halloween franchise, it's just like there's nothing like that. There's no that continuous, like I mean, the first one for sure has moments, and I haven't seen the last two Gordon Greens, but I've heard what they're trying to do, and it seems like. They're ineffective, yeah. um, to say the least. <laughs> but I mean, the only closest thing is uh, is Ripley. That's the closest thing. That idea of it's the woman's fault. We can't believe her because this, you know, like in, that she is the one who is like in control. But we can't trust her because all these things happen to her, and she warns us. But we can't believe her because what does she know? Um. And Sydney and Sydney also deals with that in like five, where she's like, "I'm telling you what's going to happen." It, no, it is this idea that, um, I think it I think it dawned on me on when I saw six that's like, it it's this um, 
I guess it's going back to the idea of coziness that Jamie brought up that it's like these things are going to keep happening, right? Like teens are going to be self-entitled. They're going to be violent. Teens will be um, at parties. They're going to be in friend groups. They're going to be addicted to movies. It's just like they're going to be products of of their environment. They're going to be right. Yes. Yes. Um, It's this idea that it's like, no, I mean, I get, you know, the isn't the tagline for four, like, new decade same rules or new decade new rules or something and it's like yeah like that's kind of it it's the it's the idea that yes craven and williamson are remaking the first one essentially but also it they're driving home the point that it's like it makes sense that jill would think the way that she's you know she shouldn't but it just because history and um the, the access of the internet. Way, the access of... Yeah, yeah. The villain things in the 5 is a Reddit dude. Like, I mean, it's... Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jack Quaid, right? Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, it's Mackie Madison as well. But um, it's it's been a while since I've seen that one. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I like that part of it. That's, like... I, I think a franchise... It's interesting that a franchise can get away with that also. That's, like... it's Because it's, like, it's so smart and it's such its own thing that it shouldn't be like skating by with with like this sort of like knowing message of like you know history will repeat itself the one thing that doesn't make sense though um is they try to tell us in four that like gay people don't die in horror movies yeah there's the yeah there's those moments where you're like okay kevin all right kevin let's it's just not even true yeah it doesn't yeah (laughs) it's one of those it's one of those like it's like a south park joke where you're like okay fine like you're trying to be edgy but this is it also yeah it doesn't even really make sense because what's um charlie's friend's name or who's the actor? I I thought he looked um, like fucking uh, Frankie Muniz, but he's just some random dude. And he didn't even have like a IMDb picture. Mm. Well, I think that's who says the yeah. line when they're like in the classroom and they're like, "What do we think of that scene? That's, that's a fascinating scene. It's like the you know, it's it's like in two where they talk about sequels in the college classroom. It's the Randy Meeks scene. Right. Right. Um, I th- I think it hits it yeah, on the nose, a- like exactly what they were trying to convey here with like reboots and the internet and you know that just the different access that this generation has. Um, yeah, there's an interesting line too about how that character mentions like specifically music video directors coming yes. in and cause that was such a big thing. And in three, the mu- that in three, um, her brother is a music video director that, ter- oh. that becomes a stab director. Oh, I don't, I didn't even remember that. Yeah. I just watched Interesting. it. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, the why? gay, the yeah. gay line makes no sense. Cause no, Mm-hmm. infamously gay people would die in horror movies right yeah that, those are the, the first and black people that, and people of like, color yeah, right, you know right. so it's like yeah, yeah, don't yeah. really know where yeah. they took that from since that wasn't really a thing 
Yeah, yeah, no, that, but you know, it's like it, it's it's so wrong, but it there is this idea of like that's something like a film nerd would or, or you know a dweeb would say to be like and get this like it would really get the crowd like riled up like did you know that but it's like they're just completely bsing uh themselves just to like pull out a fact that others may not know but it's it is those scenes um that that are then given to um jasmine savoy brown and it's always delivered with like like the movie then like stops itself and they're like but let's let's check in with the state of horror and it's like uh i, I don't know like what's the terminology they they use in the reboots but it's uh, like, requel. this is a reboot like a requel yes like uh like like uh like the second one is in college the yeah, first why one is, is it so bad why are those scenes so bad in the recent ones in comparison to something like in four when it like in the classroom that's what I was trying to figure out. It's like it just feels so forced upon. Yeah, you know, like we're sitting everyone down now. Listen up, but I don't know. This one feels more graceful. Like the fact that there's a cinema club and like the people in this classroom, it makes sense why they're in this discussion kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Unlike two, where it's like like isn't two when when they're in um, a film school class when they're yeah they're in a film school class and it's like the sequels always repeat the same things right and, um, yeah i like this you know this randy meek scene in four mm-hmm. yeah same yeah i think it's well done and i love this ongoing you know thing in the scream universe where the stab movies are just so big like right <laughs> this yeah the stab yeah like yeah, yeah, i yeah, yeah. would love to go into an event like that but there's just that, that's not really like i don't know it's just so big in this universe specifically in a uh, two in the, the movie theater scene where everyone's dressed as ghost face and like just that crowd mm-hmm. is roaring <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's a stabathon, so they're watching all of them. Like, there's that's so mm. many hours. And uh, oh yeah, and there's this great like this idea of the desensitize. Oof, let's see if I can get this word right, Clay. Um, this desensitization. Hmm. Thank you. I can't speak English, so that was great. Thank you so much. Of I was trying to let you get there yeah, on your own, oh, but right, it's good we have yeah. Jamie here to. Yeah. Uh, she she no, she threw great. me a, a, a life a life raft um, a lifesaver. <laughs> no, um, you grabbed the raft on. That was also me like figuring out how to say it. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> we saw the gears turn. It's that complete dullness, or like how people have become so dull to violence, and and that completely connects to now when it's the idea of you're gonna hold this scr- this stab marathon after all of these stab killings, and they're like. Yeah. What are you going to do? What's the chance that they're going to come to this one? It's, and to come in, like, there's so many, like, mass, like, mass shootings and stuff like that. And we, and the thing is, we just have to live life. The issue is, like, it's, because it's happened everywhere. There's no place that is safe in a sense. And so, we've just become so, like, we, we've become so uh, numb to it. It's just, we, I, I mean... No, I don't know. Okay, maybe numb's not... Well, I don't know. Maybe numb is the right word. But that idea of just completely having to disassociate 
sometimes when we go to places because we just can't think of it or it's just going to be or we're going to be paralyzed um and yeah and, and obviously this is a little more selfish and immature way to get to that point in sense of well, words are going to have the party anyways um but it, it speaks to that complete disregard of uh, what are you going to do it's woodsboro people die um yeah 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 like i think there's a throwaway line in the beginning like taking it back to where it all began or something like are we like it's for the anniversary but for um the murders and um dewey says this idea uh dewey says a line um one generation's tragedy is another one's joke is another oh yeah that's right yeah it's really good kevin really good kevin brilliant (laughs) great job kevin it's really good (laughs) friend of the pod um but it's yeah it's this idea that you just can't escape what's like what what will continue to happen it's the cycle. what feels inevitable yeah. what do we so how do so let's maybe get into more of like the filmmaking and like tension and horror aspect of the film um i love the kills in this one there's this brutality that i thought 3 lacked um i mean the gutting of um the friend next door is horrible it's so upsetting like you like the intestines really, come out yeah that's really the one to show the torture porn mm-hmm. um and they really went like all for it that room was covered in red and it's just so good and also the the alison brie death is really like intense um and that's when, like, the movie, like, shifts to another character who's outside of the core for a while. You know, like, right, it's this ancillary character that you kind of, in horror movie terms, deserves to die. Obviously, she doesn't actually deserve to die. But in horror, like, in the idea of she is this exploitive, um, cynical, almost, you know, kind of vile person who wants to make money off of death mm. in the doesn't give does has like no humanity left to give it's interesting because you don't see you see yeah. that in five when he when the they kill the drunk asshole um but there's not a ton of those moments where you're kind of like all right i'm not mad at that one you want to kill them that's eh, what are you gonna do yeah because like yeah you could see like the movie is going out of its way to show you like uh that character is it like Rebecca or yeah, Rebecca is not out for um, uh, Sydney's best interest that it's, it's like, if you don't, it, it, yeah, like she's a publicist, but also someone who's like, who's ready to make, yeah. Like, like what Clay says, like is ready to make money off of the story. Um, and Ghostface knows that. Or at least Jill knows that, where it's like you can't have anyone around Sydney's circle who's not ready to be there, I guess. Um, I think this movie perfectly, in one of the, a key, key feature of any slasher film is how do you space the kills? Where are you putting the kills? Like, you know, like how much time is there? How much time do we get to breathe? How much time is there 
uh, for character development and other shit between each and every kill. Um, are all, is it front loaded? Is it back loaded? Is it does it take so long after the second or third one to get to the fourth one? Or you know, it's those. I think it's very key in the structure of um, slashers. But also you want but you want to break because you have to build tension. If it's just slash 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 slash, it's like and that can and that's I think some one of my some of my criticisms of like some of the Friday the Thirteenth movies yeah. when it becomes and, and 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 those are maybe necessarily more campy than they are scary, but. It, there's a point where, like, you know, Jason just kills left and right, left and right. There's no room to build tension anymore. Because uh, you just know what's happening, and it can't stop. When it's, And I think 4 does a brilliant job of giving, you know, you know that Sydney, Dewey, Gale, you know, Gale character development, and then kill. You know, the Jill, you know, Jill, Kirby, Charlie, kill. Um... And having those like scenes be properly drawn out, but also given time to have tension. Some of the, you know, in 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 like three sometimes, and also in like the new ones, you have those moments of like the kill is almost too fast. Like there's no like you don't have you, there's no build up. It just happens. Like there's one or two like moments of where is Ghostface and then death. Um, there it's all perfectly like timed. I think. Does that does that make? Yeah, it almost uh, it does feel like um, the movie's well-oiled machine at that point too. That it's it's one of the smarter reboots that we've ever seen to me, and we've seen in this decade that um, is back for a purpose, and that they had a story to tell. This isn't misguided. This isn't lazy. It just feels complete and with something to say. Um, think, you know, Fury Road, think Creed. It just feels like something's being resurrected to me that is ultimately, um, with purpose. Um, and it's with Williamson structure, as you say, that, that nails that. Um, and it's also with just, uh, the, the gravity with all the violence. Yeah. It's, it's really well done. What do you, what do you think of the kills, Jamie? What what do you think of like how that's handled in this one, especially in comparison to the others? Yeah, I agree. Um, good amount of kills. Um, the first one's definitely the standout to me, though, because uh, of the commentary of why they chose that kill to be that brutal, and yeah, I also love like when that kills happening. And Sydney races up to see what's going on, and mm. I love, yeah, her reintroduction to seeing this, seeing Ghostface, and I love that after that she races over to try to help, because that shows, you know, where she's at right now and uh, her bravery and in in that terms of that. There is um, the most boring character of this whole movie though is the boyfriend though. Yes, and his death might be my favorite. His te- his death is like, ooh, like right. <laughs> that's how it makes me right. feel. <laughs> and it's so not it's so uncharacter uh, uncharacter like for Ghostface to kill that way. Two shots, gun. Um, but that brutality to it, and also that lack of humanity. Even though the boyfriend does suck, 
and again in horror movie terms you're not super sad about him dying but that true just sense of he's worthless like he's not even a fucking he's not even like a stuffed pig he's like a piece of meat he does not matter yeah there's really nothing to that character (laughs) it's a pretty nothing character yeah but i mean the obviously the well designed like the the kill that calls back to um oh the shoot it's been so long um the boyfriend i think it's who they're like the charlie's fake death is similar to the death in um uh in the first yeah that where yeah where they're tied to the chair yeah 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 but it's yeah that that one's really good when you have like kirby on the phone and she's listing all the horror movies that's such a great scene she's so good it's oh we're all in agreement yeah what what do we think of her performance what makes it so special yeah it's just this like confidence Mm. in this like spunk that she brings to it spunk's a good word um yeah like and she was i don't know there's there hasn't been anyone else in this franchise like kirby yeah, and she was Craven's favorite. I could think of. Mm-hmm. And I think there was intentions if he was able to keep going, you know, with her surviving and, you know. I don't know. There were some intentions with Kirby. I don't remember if it was for, like, the movies after or, I don't know. I remember Craven saying, like, he wanted her to be, like, a final girl or something. Like, she has that energy. Well, she's, like, if Randy was charismatic funny and hot um well i guess randy was funny but it's like how she's like a fully fledged character but also the film nerd like randy is randy um and ever since randy those randy uh you know stand-ins have also just been like they're one note they serve a purpose she is like a fully formed character um, that you could watch on her own. That like, like you don't want to watch a movie with Randy, <laughs> like Randy being the main character. No one wants that. Um, <laughs> but you would definitely be interested in seeing a movie with just her as the main character. Because she's um, a lot of different things. You know, she's not just one trope. Right. Of a character. Exactly. She can serve a lot of different purposes. Right, yeah, and it's that it's that also that natural charm, um, and she also, and it almost kind of, she's almost too charming to be a high schooler in a way, because uh, <laughs> high schoolers are a little more bumbling and a little awkward, uh, and she has moments of that, but she's, um, and yeah, like you said, Jack, confident, self-assured, um, but also is like her reaction to the gutting of her friend is amazing. I mean. And obviously that mm-hmm. scene when she's answering those trivia questions, like there are those moments like that that um, show you why Wes was super impressed. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, talk about pain acting. Right. When she's stabbed, like that's really excruciating. I mean, it's really like, and, and, then, and you know, and then when she comes, she's back in six, um, it's like, yeah, and, and it's like that, that uh, yeah, like, oh, when she's stabbed in the same spot. Oh, my God. 
Right, and there's that thrust. Yeah. It's interesting because there are so many people get stabbed. I mean, it's all stabs. Stab, stab, stab. Like, that entire franchise is stabbing. Uh, some slashing and some stabbing, but mostly stabbing. Um, and, you know, some slitting. Uh, <laughs> some bludgeoning. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah. this... Some scraping. Right. There's this, like, moment of, like, brutality that, like, a real thrust can give and how the camera can really focus in on that and the music can kind of play a role. It's that kind of break in sound and just that final thrust that can be so brutal that I love when Craven does that in the in, in his Scream movies, that, that finality to it. Obviously, he's not dead, but still, that, like, real... And, and there's emotion behind that, too, because it is the betrayal of Charlie. Um, and I love what Craven's commitment to those moments because it's again it's direction but character work. He's using you know it, it's that he doesn't let anything go to waste. He has this poetic and like very impactful moment that he can really kind of hit home, and he chew and he doesn't waste that. That's what a lot of, I think, sometimes when I watch slashers um, from other directors or whatever, it's like those moments are kind of lost because it, it, it becomes another piece of meat or it becomes a shot kill rather than this, like, great tragedy. I love how she's gripping Charlie's shoulder yes. too during this. It kind of shows that, like, the reveal is so shocking to her because she felt so comfortable around him. It's almost like, I don't know. I, I love the physicality of of that kill um yeah and also i think rory is doing great acting in that moment to to kind of sell how he's still a fucking psycho but has that little tinge of regret and is like but knows that he can't like this in a way in his head this had to happen i'm already committed i can't stop now but yeah that tinge of just like well fuck okay i guess i'm doing this right jill Right. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a sort of fa- like fatalism, too. Because like, oh wait, like I I should have known this will happen, and now I have to see this through. Yeah, another thing that does take me out <laughs> that has happened twice now in the horror in uh, the Scream franchise is uh, any like hospital scene where like these big mm. things happen. So yeah, this finale is in the hospital. And that just takes me out. And then in five, there's also that whole hospital scene, Dewey's death scene. I don't know, like, what's up with the Woodsboro hospitals? Like, just no one's working today. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of reminds me of um, when has anyone said this? But it reminds me in Halloween two. Yes. Like, like uh, the Hattiesfield Hospital. Like, is anyone monitoring the amount of violence going on in uh in that institution but uh it's yeah no it's you know you're completely right and I, I don't think i put those pieces together until um until the rewatching four and it's like yeah and also in five like we see like you know some pretty serious moments there i just have like a hatred for some reason towards like hospital scenes and <laughs> horror movies because yeah sometimes i can i can feel detached from what's going on mm-hmm. 
But other than that, um, you know, it's a good ending. Yeah, it's a really good ending. And you're like, oh, wait, is Jill getting away with this? But then you're like, no, there's no, there's no shame. Because, like, Emma Roberts really sells it. And you think, like, for a moment, wow, Sydney's done. Like, but um, even, yeah. I, that must have been interesting, and, too, like, for those who watched this when, like, it came out, you know? Like, I'm sure everyone was, mm. like, some someone's dying, you know, out of the Golden mm. Trio. But none of them yeah. did. I think that, yeah, exactly. And I think it, you, it must be our reaction to seeing five must have been the vibe when four was coming out. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, and then we saw what happened to uh, to Dewey. But then it's like, oh, they're, like they're, yeah, yeah. It's that exact, like, I mean, they can't let them all just skate through. And then, um, because I, because I, I, I think that even more so because not all of the uh, the cast got full scripts in that there's a possibility that, you know, uh, some someone major was, was not making out of this movie. Yeah. But. And they've done... And, and, you know, there's obviously... Com- you can have plenty of complaints about um, six, about the fake-outs of, like, who get who dies or whatever. Um, but obviously the franchise is pretty guilty of the fake out kills, especially like, um, I mean, fourth, Gail gets stabbed pretty gnarly and obviously then goes to the hospital and survives. And then Sydney gets stabbed twice really gnarly and then survives. Obviously in six, it's like, like three, three people. And it's like, all right, come on. Um, three or four people. But it is, but the, but those, those fake outs are like present in the series. Not to talk about six so much, but I, I thought it didn't make you. It, it its use of New York was kind of odd to me, because there was those moments where I'm just like the NYPD would be swarming here, and also like there was no way the NYPD like would not just be attached to their hip and swarming them the entire movie. And I'm not a big, like, plot makes sense. Like, you know, the plot needs to make perfect sense or be completely logical. I don't like watching movies you talk, like that. You talk about plot holes all I the know, time. I know, I'm always I that guy. Um, <laughs> plot holes. But... Everything wrong with Scream 4. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. But that is what, but to me that all, but like, the NYPD is a big part of New York. Uh, like, big crowds is part of New York, and I, I think... And the, and the only time that felt true was the subway scenes, which I think are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else, it feels like there is a lot of people who live in New York. Where are they? Um, that could also be a fault of um, Toronto playing New York. Mm, good point. Right, where it's like sort of. Did they film it in Toronto? Person. That makes sense. I bl- yes, I, I believe did. so. Yeah. I don't mean to trigger you with <laughs> yeah, I, in Toronto. I, you know, that's fine. Yeah, the ending is, it's kind of pitch perfect. Um, Jill is so brutal at the end. Um, she, oh, it yeah, just... I love, I love her just fucking herself up. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, especially, yeah, right before, yeah, right before the hospital. Oh, yeah, it's like, and it's so long, too. You're surprised there's not a cut somewhere. You're surprised he doesn't stop with, like, okay, she, you know, went through the table. That should be enough. Um, I love... Because it does so much character work when she doesn't say a word about how fucking committed and demented she actually is. 
and she and this is this is she's all the way this is her she's committing her entire being to being a victim um yeah it's re- it's upsetting too it's like it's i mean it's it's one of those it, and that's the beauty of Wes Craven is that it's kind of hilarious but also really upsetting absolutely mm-hmm because it happens for so long, and she has these like you know great pain acting too, um, but it just like and you know it keeps happening. But then you know, it, it, and so you have these moments of like terror and laughter. And you're like maybe not terror, but like this real like uncomfortable. Like she is fucking nuts. To like you know this this you know the repetition of like you know fucking beating herself up like that. I saw a review. I. I forget which one that pointed out like it's not only the Williamson script that's really funny but it's also just the actors innately have this charm to them that bring out the comedic parts of the script that you can play that script straight if you wanted to but really it's like but they don't try too hard to make it and that's the another issue of five yeah yeah yes that's yeah I agree but it's like that's the jitteriness that Emma Roberts and Rue Culkin have that they don't play up the script too much to to really get a sense of like the ridiculousness. Do you know who I, by the way, before I get to mention, do you know who I learned was going to be Emma Roberts? Uh, Jimmy, tell me if you knew this. Uh, Selena Gomez. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. No. Isn't, yeah. Like, could we Absolutely. see, is this pre-spring? She or would've... maybe Emma and her are the same age. So I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Still, but there's, yeah. you know, with her, because of Disney Channel, there's that certain, like, she's a baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that would have been an interesting turn. Is, is Wizards of Waverly Place still going on? I feel like it is, actually. I feel like it ended in, like, 2012 or something. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. she would have really had to sell that turn, but she could definitely play the beginning of it, for sure. Um, I would have... Mm-hmm. I would love to see her do that now. I like her as an actress. I think mm-hmm. she's pretty good. Um, it's, you know, in like, you know, only murderers in the building or whatever. Um, Spring Breaker, she's good. And I want, but something that committed, I would love to see that out of her now. Because I think she, I think, she, I don't want to say she's, like, she's wasted her potential, but it's like, but that, that would be really interesting. And that would go even way harder into the subtext of celebrity. And that would have, yes. yeah, I would have, Maybe even to the point of distracting. And that, and I bet, yeah, I'm glad, I mean, obviously Emma's incredible in this, so it's hard to say that I would rather blah, blah, blah. Did any of us ever watch Scream Queens? Because wasn't that, like, like, that has something to do with this movie. No, I only know that Billy Lord's in it. With the... And Jamie Lee. Emma Roberts, yeah. A brilliant idea, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think about before Scream Four, like what Emma Roberts was really big in, because I think American Horror Story was after this, or around this. I think after, because didn't that start in like 2012? Yeah. Plus, she wasn't in it till like the third season. Um, so yeah, I think maybe around this time, Emma was also kind of the child star. She was technically on like Nickelodeon, I guess. But it yeah. might have been a yeah, true. kind of crazier turn for like a Disney Channel actress than maybe a 
right nickelodeon (laughs) right yeah no it would have been hard um in a lot of ways it would be hard on the viewer to completely buy her in that role it would be hard for her um to make such a hard ass pivot and it would be uh yeah no i mean it's an interesting thought experiment though uh but and i guess i I, we can kind of transition to favorite scene because i think my favorite scene is the hospital um at the very end when like jill is at her most maniacal she's trying she's basically gonna kill everyone in that room um and how there is this i forget how the punchline is set up but gail says this you know to try to stall her and says this one thing and sydney says clear and i it's just a yeah, yeah it's yeah. i love it it's movie magic just like that yeah it's movie it's yeah, that yeah, perfect yeah. moment in a slasher um that you know that they always give sydney the great great liners and all these um one liners um and then what makes it seem almost like perfect to me is at the very end when she's come it's kind of it's almost a complete circle of and they always come back in the moment she or something if she says something of that effect and the moment she says that she grabs the gun see and basically shoots her in the head the moment she kind of is you know kind of thrusting towards her boom end of movie it's just a it's the chef's kiss it's just it's perfect Okay. Yeah. She's a strong kid. She's gonna have to be. <laughs> she asked if you were okay. She thinks you guys should write a book together with your matching wounds. Why she was stabbed in the shoulder? How did she know I was too? won't die, will you? Who are you? Michael fucking Myers? Yeah, I don't think so. Fucking die already!
how it's gonna be, Sid. The ending of the movie was supposed to be at the house. I mean, this is just silly. <laughs> Consider this an alternate ending. You're never gonna get out of this, Jill. Of course I will. Joey! <gasps> Easy. Okay, wait. What about the book? Looks like I'll just have to write it myself. God damn it! Don't even think about shooting, or I'll blow Dewey's head off. What, you think I won't do it? Give me your gun! Do it! Just had to be the hero, huh? Give me your gun. What are you, deaf? Give me your gun! And get up. And keep your hands over your head. Don't do anything stupid! Don't fucking tell me what to do. Get up, bitch. Okay. Get up. Now! Come on. Let's go. Get your skinny ass out here. Okay. I'm gonna enjoy blowing your head off. Okay, but can I just have one final word? What? Please? Now. Clear. Clear? Clear. You forgot the first rule of remakes, Jill. Don't fuck with the original. What hit me? Don't ask. Oh. You okay? She was standing right behind me. They always are. Alive? Wear the vest. Save your chest. We got two officers down. Several injuries. And a new suspect. We need a doctor, goddammit! I don't know about you, but I feel a whole lot better. We're live at Woodsboro Community Hospital, awaiting a first public statement from Jill Roberts, survivor. A survivor of what is now being called the Woodsboro Massacre Reboot. Jill Roberts is her name, a name the whole world will now know. Who single-handedly put a stop to this 21st century Woodsboro killing spree. Jill Roberts of Woodsboro, a girl who's lifted all our spirits tonight, an American hero right out of the movie. Jamie, do you have a favorite scene of uh, Scream 4? Hmm. I think... 
If not, I can go. Um, I guess I'd say, I guess I say like the, like the Sydney Jill stuff towards the end. The monologue? Yeah. I think it's a good monologue. And I like Mm -hmm. when um, Emma Roberts, she's like, don't you get it? Like, I don't know. I enjoy a lot of these like line deliveries from her and, um, and of course, like when she messes herself up and she's just kicking tables and she's just like huffing, like, yeah, it's a good scene. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of good, really good line readings Emma Roberts has in that, in that monologue that, um, one of my favorite, uh, maybe my favorite performance in, um, Scream 5 is Mikey Madison. Oh really? Just because she. Matched. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because she matches that when she manic, shoots that girl in the head. Like, it's reveal. a perfect switch. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. And mm-hmm. shot and like this, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really I like her a lot in that one too. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a similar line in this one. I think Jill says it. Where she's like, "Welcome to Act Three or something. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. that might be. That's right inspired by that it's so funny yep um (gasps) you know you learn a lot when you watch movies over and over all the plots are about trying to kill you where's jill i think she's gonna get away think anyone gets away upload it later make it all traceable to Trevor speaking of which mind you have anything Joe please shut up dick everything I learned I learned from you you think you had a shitty boyfriend Sydney there's one that fucks you dumps you and doesn't even make you famous what the fuck Jill I loved you shut the fuck up already so those cops want you to have this, Jill, for your protection. No. Mm-mm. Please. Shouldn't have killed all those people, Trev. Gone and put it on video, even. But it means a lot that you did it for me. What the fuck are you talking about? I am not the girl you cheat on. I've gone through everything. We're definitely good on timeline. Oh, yeah. We're perfect. No, 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 please. Ready for act three? Not figured out yet, Sydney. Keeping with the remake theme, Trevor's this generation's Billy Loomis. And we're the innocent victims, Sydney and Randy. See, with you, the world just heard about what happened, but with us... They're gonna see it. It's gonna be a worldwide sensation. I mean, people gotta see this shit. It's not like anyone reads anymore. 
We're gonna know fame like you never even dreamed of. Last two teenagers standing. This time Randy gets the girl. You're the perfect victim. I was so believable today, wasn't I? I mean, I told so many lies that I actually started to believe them. I really think that I was born for this. How could you do this? Do you know what it was like growing up in this family? Related to you? I mean, all I ever heard was Sydney this and Sydney that and Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. You were always just so well, now I'm the special one. You'll slip. They always do. <laughs> Come on, Charlie. Let's get on with this. You have to be strong and hold still. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, old school. Like Billy and Stu. Come on, baby. Get it up. Come on. Shoulder me. Shoulder me. Shoulder me. Get it up! <laughs> 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 the way we rehearsed. You said it, Charlie. Billions do. Trevor and you. But the media really loves Baby. As a sole survivor. Just ask you know who. Trevor was your partner. You. You were the idea, man. Even your friends. My friends? What world are you living in? I don't need friends. I need fans. Don't you get it? This has never been about killing you. It's about becoming you. I mean, for fuck's sake, my own mother had to die. No great loss there, so I could stay true to the original. It's sick, right? Well, sick is the new saying. You had your 15 minutes. Now I want mine! I mean, what am I supposed to do? Go to college, grad school, work? Look around. We all live in public now. We're all on the internet. How do you think people become famous anymore? You don't have to achieve anything. You just gotta have fucked up shit happen to you. So you do have to die, Sid. Those are the rules. New movie, new franchise. There's only room for one lead, and let's face it, your ingenue days, they're over. <laughs> Don't tell me you didn't know this day would come. Ah, oh, these movies. Um, for me, I'll say the horror movie quiz. Uh, with Kirby, just because we mentioned already, and it reminded me how, uh, you know, effective that scene is in every um, area. It's the beginning and the betrayal yeah. at the end. It's yeah. all. It's yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. I mean, any any final thoughts? Well, I just wanted to what, um, Jamie Jamie's scene at the end with the monologue. I I, I just uh, is it Nev or Neve? I always Neve Nev Campbell Nev. I've always said Nev. Nev. Yeah, Nev Campbell. She's doing incredible acting in where she does in that scene and she doesn't have a lot of lines, but she it's this she plays 
Sydney in this movie very like restrained. Right. I feel yeah, that I mean, yeah. she always has. But in yeah. another like kind of just little detail of that too is like I don't know like her costuming too in this. Mm. Um, right, it's like, much more like adult and like conservative and just kind of colors, you know, like yeah. sweaters. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. Kirby, let me in. No, 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 I just found Robbie. This is his blood. Please, please, there is someone else out here. Let me in. If you can't trust him, don't open the door. My God, let me in. Get away from the door, Charlie. Kirby, it is me. Please let me in. Get away from the door, Charlie. It's me. I'm sorry, I can't. What the fuck? This is making a move. Oh! 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 
four years of classes together, and you notice me now? <laughs> Stupid bitch! It's too late! <laughs> shh, shh, I know, I know. It's okay, it's a good time. Doesn't happen as fast as it does in the movies, I know. But she does, I mean, I think that her kind of, like, she's just been, like, drained of life in a way. Like, she, you know, three different mass tragedies, and she's just kind of trying to make the most of it. And it happening again is just, like, kind of basically put her in this mode of, like, again, she's numb to it in a way. Um, but when she's, like, bleeding out at that, near that kitchen table, it's, like, in how she has to kind of stay engaged with the scene, but also look like she's about to collapse. Um, and she's still trying to, like, react to what um, Jill, you know, like, Jill is trying to say. And this, com it's a lot of things happening in that moment. But yeah, she just looks completely drained of life. Like she's like holding together her, like the, you know, like her last mm -hmm. breath because she is just so like, she looks so pale and is just complete. And her body language shows that she is basically two seconds away. Um, and yeah, I, I think she, just those moments, just her reacting. Yeah, she, it's such, it's such, it's so fucked up that what, happened with six and how they lowballed her um I, I i would have i honestly i honestly don't even know what her role would have been um in six and i actually i it almost makes sense that she wasn't in it in a way but to have to even offer her it and have it in lowballer i think is such bullshit yeah 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 like She's the best final girl. She's the like, franchise. Like, it's just... She's the reason it exists. Yeah. And she's... She is restrained in this performance in 4. Although she shows a lot of, like, cleverness, though. Like, and strength. Like, when she runs to the neighbor to try to help her. Right, or, exactly. Like, when she tells Jill to go under the bed and gets on the roof. Like, she's very, like... She knows what to do in these moments. But it would have been interesting maybe if they did go a little like in a different direction with her and made her like full on just like ready to I'm gonna get kill this. you yeah ready to get this over with kind of thing that mm -hmm. we kind of get a little bit in five but you know obviously she's not in that movie very much no but she also but she that's another ending she nails um yeah, I mean it's sec she's her as um, Sydney. It's just second nature at this point. It's muscle memory. It's just she just is that character. It's a perfect encapsulation. Um, yeah, she's up there with Jamie Lee, probably even better than Jamie Lee, just in terms of like consistency, and um, uh, Sigourney as Ellen. Like those are mm -hmm. those are the three. Um, and now I guess, like, the reboot is trying to make Melissa Barrera happen. Like, sort of trying to elevate her to that level of importance. Yeah. Of, I don't know. I guess that's... Well, she's going to be in there. The way it was just announced today. She was gonna, she's going to be in the new... Because Radio Sounds guys are now doing, like, a monster movie for Universal, and she's going to be in that as well. So they seem pretty committed to her. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. Did they say what monster movie? I think it's untitled. Like? I think it's still, like, in development. Okay. Um, yeah. 
So. Huh. Interesting. I think they're gonna bring back or like try again with the dark universe. Oh no. So I think. Stop it! Stop! Really? Is that the rumor? Oh my god, that's so. So. That's so crazy. There's gonna be like a land in the new Universal theme park here in Orlando. And one of the lands is rumored to be like Universal's monsters. And that's why, like, you might bring that back or try again, well, I guess, Gosling technically. Thing. They have the Gosling Wolf movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think they, you know, they have like some Dracula's cooking. Well, they canceled a lot of it, you know, like Johnny Depp was supposed to like, be. Well, yeah, yeah. But like now they're yeah. trying to like find what any kind of fledging horror filmmaker and just like Universal Karn Monster Karn Kusama movie. was supposed to do Dracula. Right. Well, now it's like, and then Chloe, and I, again, I don't know the right, but like, you know, Chloe Zhao is doing something of that nature. Right. Um, right. And then right. you have, yeah, Radio Silence guys. And then Wiseman was supposed to, Len, or Len or not Len Wiseman, Jesus Christ, Leigh Le, uh, Winnell supposed to do a wolfman movie and mm. now it's um you could have convinced me lynn wagner yeah that would make yeah. sense well he did the underworlds yeah. um yeah. but yeah now it's like gosling is gonna do a wolfman movie with um the dude from yeah. blue valentine um Derek yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's yeah they're they're throwing shit at the wall and being like maybe we'll be seeing these in the next few years mm-hmm. yeah i don't know about that yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean y'all might be i don't know yeah. if i'm seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> i'll know they exist right, in a few yeah. years. i'll be aware of uh their presence yeah. um jamie thank you yeah. so much for coming on this was an absolute yeah, pleasure it's been an absolute blast. pleasure a delight and yeah thank you all just the best for letting me choose yeah. scream for i'm so glad you did because <laughs> yeah. it gave me an excuse to actually watch the yeah. rest of them and because and I, I was mm-hmm. i was fooled took you i know i was enough. fooled by the internet that the la- that that you know four was bad or whatever and then i was like oh no it's actually great yeah it's great that this movie has had a resurgence since um like just over time naturally and with the new ones coming out i don't think this this one didn't see even though it didn't do well financially it didn't seem like this one was hated hated but it certainly was like passed over and now like there's a new appreciation for it which is great because it is great for all of us I, i think that's the vibe here um jamie where can everybody find your work like what do you if you have anything coming out soon or like you know advice (laughs) yeah um i'm just really on twitter jamie k arena um i freelance in a few different film areas so stuff comes out every so often (laughs) but yeah you can follow me there excellent yeah um i i i'm on twitter at Jack A. Draper and on Letterboxd, Jack Draper 7. Um, I write for the Boston Hassle. I uh, recently reviewed the Jonathan Demme movie, Caged Heat, which, which isn't very good, but I still liked it. And this movie is available on Paramount Plus, which, like all of them are, which Besides is nice six. that they're just. Yeah, 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 but soon, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and next time on the pod we have the Beach 
um, with Dom Sinicola, which will be good. PDX legend Dom. Um, we got we finally have another Portlander coming yes. on the pod. Yes. Um, that was an that was that was something you needed to get I, off absolutely. Your chest. Like that wasn't that was an important Absolutely. detail. We've had some DMV legends, yeah. but it's now time to have a PDX legend on the pod. I think we have. Ha, have we not? I would have been fucking no. hanging out with them if that was the case. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 This is exci- It's exciting. It's exciting. Um, everyone can follow me on Twitter. The Beach Bum. We're gonna we're gonna Moon Dog. Like, yes. That's that's that'll be that'll be good. Yeah. Um, everyone can follow me on Twitter at Birds of Clay, um, and on Letterbox at Birds of Clay. Um, Instagram, Mr. Clay Williams. Can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. Uh, you can send us an email at exiting the 2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars on any podcast platform you listen us on to. We greatly appreciate it. Retweet, share with a friend. Walk up to a person in the middle of the street, ask what their very scary movie is. And in a creepy voice, obviously. Oh, 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 oh. Before we, we have to give credit to maybe the, besides like maybe Tobin Bell in, um, in the Saw movies, the best voice in horror, Roger Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, like incredible. Done it for six movies and is amazing. Each and every one of them is like a terrific voice actor and is at and is allowed to kind of add his like not add but like you're able to diver- differentiate who is speaking through his voice each time and that's really fucking hard it's not the same ghost face it has he has his own personality to it because obviously it's a different person um tremendous work i completely i'm so glad i remembered because he needs to because people a lot of people don't mm. know his name but he he is to me the second heart it's it's uh nev campbell as cindy prescott and it's him i think he's an integral part of this franchise and he deserves his due so shout out i agree yeah he doesn't Um, phone it in you know no absolutely not right right even with like the tv show i don't know if y'all watched that but oh that's right that existed i forgot about that the mtv one was it good but yeah i enjoyed it until the last season, which everything changed and then it got canceled. Um, but where it was going in the beginning, um, had some good moments, and he played the ghost face in those two, like each episode Man. for two seasons, for three seasons. So, God. really is just like such a good voice actor. He might literally make me watch that show just to hear his voice each episode. That's yeah, that's maybe really give it a awesome. try. Yeah. It, it 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 still has scream feels. You That's know? good. That's good. Mm. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on exiting through the 2010.